Whoa, what's up, JQ? Do you, this is like your second podcast and like five podcasts. You must be bored. Yeah. No, you, you're going to have to stop paying me, I think. Maybe. Maybe next year we we'll start paying you. Yeah, you need downloads, so you have me on. Hey, you know what, though? We, we haven't done for a long time. We haven't done a live. We should do one. Yeah. But it has to be like... if I'm mentally stable enough to do a live. Well, you are never mentally stable. So, you know, I'm, I'm anxious like everybody else in the world. Anyway, you're now a vice champion of uh, the e-buggy yours because you're an e-buggy specialist. You know, where's your trophy? Show us your trophy. You're so proud of it. You and uh, Bruno. Uh, vice actually, champion. Who, who was, uh, so who beat you? Uh, well, actually, the funny thing is that I completely forgot that 40 plus exists or that I'm a part of it. So Jerome Sartell was actually in the same main as me, and it could have been mm. fun to, that could have been like a goal to have, to race towards, but I forgot. Well, story of your life, you forgetting, you forgetting. All right, JQ, you know what? We have the e-buggy euros to talk about, so that's what this podcast is all going to be about. So I think we're going to just drop that intro, and uh, I will see you to talk about that here shortly. All right? I mean, you are okay. vice champion. Should have been full champion. Let Jerome Sartal beat you. That's the S-Works guy, right? Yeah, yeah. I he, come on. I, he I really is plus 40. Yeah, but I had him covered. Come, I You did send it. You did send jump, it pretty uh, contests so you my personal that. uh massive jump concept contest we should show that so get that video so we can show it but right now we're going to okay. drop that intro nitro is the glory but e-buggy pays the bills Welcome to the No Name RC Podcast. Get ready for some serious bench racing. But be warned, we speak our minds, express our thoughts, and sometimes things can get a little rowdy. Hate, and he just was influenced by the hate coming from the left, the hate coming from the right. And let's get back to more club racing and less of this See what I mean? That's exactly why people call you <laughs> arrogant, Max. You may not agree with everything we say, but it's definitely worth a listen. And our pick, can you stop whatever you're doing? Join your host, Letty the Great, with co-hosts and guests as they get together <laughs> to chat our scene. Hey, after that race that I watched this morning, I have to talk about it. Yes, indeed. Nitro is the glory, but e-buggy pays the bills. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to episode number 240. Yes, this truly is 240. I know I got excited last podcast and got it mixed up. You know, I do those type of things. Uh, this is episode number 240 of the No Name RC podcast. I'm your host, Keno White, a.k.a. Left to the Great. And joining me this week, uh, blessing us with his presence is 
uh, JQ, a.k.a. Wow. Joseph Quagran, a.k.a. JQ, a.k.a. Beaker, a.k.a. Vice Champion Rupert Pumpernickels. Uh, thank you, JQ. He comes on. We talk about the e-bug errors. We answer your questions. <clears throat> and we also tackle some hot race, hot laps questions as well. So before I get JQ in here, I just need to say thank you to everybody. Thank you to everybody around the RC world. We greatly appreciate the support. Thank you to everybody that sent me some messages and support with the uh, Nationals. It was truly great. Thank you to Live RC for having me there and uh, being a part of that. It was truly uh, an honor to do that. <clears throat> it was a very good experience. It was something that will go down in my in my my memories of i got to call a nationals and it was a great nationals and even uh even makes it a little bit more special with the somber sad news that we got uh this past week as well which i will touch on that in a second but before i do that i just need to say thank you to all you guys thank you to the nnrc squad thank you to everybody out there and the patrons that support us youtube members people that send me these messages man honestly <clears throat> it i i enjoy talking to people i enjoy the the communication with people and I, I'm still super after 250 episodes I'm still just as passionate about recording these podcasts and here I am I've been away from the track for like a weekend I'm ready to go again this weekend like if they call me tomorrow I'll be going tomorrow but I am going to enjoy some time off I do not look that does not look like I am going to a race until Wicked Weekend which will be <clears throat> the end of July we're actually going to be doing some uh, we got an announcement coming up about that to raise some money to get me there and uh, I appreciate it, man. I honestly do. I appreciate all you guys' support and all the love. Like when I go to these tracks and people show it, it really means a lot to me. So thank you. Uh, but also, uh, yeah, we just say thank you. We have to say thank you. Uh, don't forget to hit that like, notification, sub button. Uh, leave a comment on YouTube. We definitely want to grow that. If you're listening to this podcast on a on an audio only, please leave a review. It helps us out. And uh, if you wish to be a patron or YouTube member, links for that are in the written description. Those guys really help me out. Also, we have companies that advertise and support and sponsor the podcast. Uh, we have links for all of that in the written description. Some have affiliate links. Some have coupons that you can save some money. Some don't have anything. So if you do buy something from them, just let them know, hey, uh, we heard about it on the No Name RC podcast. They are. Invisible Speed, High Tech RC, Sun Pedal USA, Side Wonder Fuel, Hot Race Tires, Mayako, Beach RC, Techno RC, Linux RC, Ignite Design RC, Racecraft USA. Shout out to my boy Danny Paz at WRCE, House of RC with Connie Swenson. Uh, also, Call RC, we have some coupon code for them. Thank you for their support. And shout out to our drivers, David Ronafalk, Jared Tebow, Robert Badier, and Alexander Hagberg. Um, so yeah, this is episode 240, guys. It's all about the Afro Euro e-buggy Euros that we had this past weekend. It was really good. But before we get into that, uh, we do have some some shout-outs to to shout out real quick, and then we have some actually we don't have very good news as uh as you guys know, Kevin Jellick passed away this past weekend, this past Friday, I believe. So we'll talk about that in a second. But shout out to uh uh, everybody that supports us, man. We have some birthdays here. Let me go through them. I know it was TJ Broadley's birthday this past uh, couple of days ago. I'm pretty sure that was uh, pretty wild. I know TJ and TJ Bradley likes how to party. Shout out to my boy, Colin Branch. Happy birthday to you. Brian Looper. Happy birthday. This Champs Benoit. Happy birthday. JP Signs. Marshall Patton. Robert Regal. Uh, Jeff Stacks. Happy birthday to you. Scott Snellgrove, Colin Ta Cameron Tanner, Brock Champlin celebrated a birthday. Happy birthday to him. 
Uh, coming up, Kevin Clark, HB, uh, aka HBO, Hobo, Jason Darling, Brandon Paul, um, a couple of other birthdays here, Eric Lara, um, Louis Petz, Feliz Compleanos, Taylor Wonders celebrated a birthday up in the Pacific Northwest. Uh, shout out to Joey Montillo, happy birthday. Not sure if he's racing still, him and his son. Uh, Caitlin of D- Wally's girlfriend, she celebrates her birthday this today on the as I'm recording this. Shout out to my good friend and uh, NASCAR truck crew crew chief and RC enthusiast Danny Stockman. Good luck to wherever you're racing this weekend, good buddy. I know you want to be at the RC track. Hopefully, I'll see you soon. Maybe at Wicked Weekend. Joshua Dickerson, happy birthday. And a special shout out to Truggy's number one fan and who's become a really good friend of mine. Uh, but he's now going to have to change his name from Truganeer to Bruganeer. Charlie Mack, man. Happy birthday to you, uh, Charlie. Happy birthday. And um, wish you many more, man. And I know you are the biggest fan of Truggy, but it's now called Bruggy again, as Keith Henry would say. Keith David, sorry. It's now called Truggy. It's now called Bruggy, Charlie Mack. I don't know if that really imitated uh, Keith David, but I tried my best. So thank you to that. Uh, um, <clears throat> so in some somber news, uh, as you guys know, uh, this was, this actually hit me um, really, really hard because I just met this gentleman this past weekend at the Nationals. He was very quiet, very well-spoken. He built a beautiful track there with a great surface. Everybody was asking if it was sealed. But this way, he's adamant. He said, no, it's not sealed. And um, even just talking to other people in the North California community, they spoke so highly of this man. Uh, his name Kevin Jelich. Uh, he was he worked for A-Main Hobbies. He built their tracks there. So um, he passed away like a week after the Nationals. Um, I'm not sure on his circumstances or how he passed away, but he did. And it's unfortunate because you just I just literally saw this gentleman here, got to know him, did an interview with him, which I'm going to play her for, for Live RC. And then he passed away. I was just like, I couldn't believe it. Um, so, yeah, it's unfortunate. I think this is the second person that the – NorCal community has lost in a month. Another gentleman who, who was up there, he passed away just after a race. So my condolences go out to all of the RC community up there in, in NorCal, uh, all of the A-Main family, because I know they're very close-knit. I, 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 everybody was hit with surprise. And, man, I'm, I'm glad I got to meet this gentleman because for many years I heard so much, so many good things about him. Uh, Barry Baker actually did a very touching uh Facebook post towards him. He's known him for many years. And it's a shame, man. This is like the third person I know in less than a month and a half that's passed away. And it's it's really a shame to see this, man. But uh may you rest in peace, Kevin Jellick. I was it was a pleasure to get to know you. It was a pleasure to do this interview with you. And just remember when he would be walking around, he would be he would always ask me how I'm doing. He always seemed to be happy that people were doing well. And um, here's the interview with him that I did. Uh, during the Royal Nationals with Live RC, this belongs to Live RC, and I just wanted to play this as in, in honor of Kevin because it seems like another great dude going too soon. All right, we're here with Kevin Jelic, uh, the man who designed this beautiful piece of dirt art. Uh, beautiful track, man. Thank you, thank you. Uh, very jumpy, super crossy. Uh, what when you build a track like this? Uh, what do you th- as you're building it? Do you make any plans or what do you try to do? I try to envision building a layout that's going to race real well create good passing, be fun for the drivers to like drive and like feel like they're really uh, 
getting around the track and hustling the car. So I really try to make it as fun as possible, as racy as possible, and as like good in conditions as possible. Yeah, I mean, the surface is holding up nice. It's super grippy. It's not breaking up. Uh, I, kn I know you have your secrets. A lot of people have been asking if you're sealing it or whatnot, but I'm telling everybody it's just compaction and water. No, it's a good old-fashioned uh, sweat labor. Uh, we've been working hard. We do a lot of water press. We have, the like, the best track crew here in Chico, all the guys on the track crew. They understand the process. We've got a good team. Um, we all work well together, and we all kind of, like, think for each other, and we all really, like, make the track come together and really good and be, like, as best as possible. And we use uh, no sugar, no sealer, and basically get it as good as possible. Yeah. The aggregate seems pretty good, too. It seems to be holding together. It has a wide line. It's dusty, but it's still got a wide line. There's been no watering, no blowing off today. It's been, it's been, it's been great. Yeah, that's a sign of the good work, I think. Uh, when you got a track that you don't have to go out and maintenance it, it has a race crew. Now, the good thing about it is, like, you get the, the dust on the outside. So if you get off the line, it creates passing opportunities. So if I go out there and blow it every time, it's going to be just a super good track, and everyone's going to get around the track real good. But I like to, like, let it race. I let it groove normally, be a normal racetrack. And create good passing opportunities and good racing opportunities for drivers. Yeah, I love how you incorporated the oval. That looks great. Uh, it's like, you know, a little bit of Daytona or Talladega. The pit lane has been a big discussion today, but it hasn't been too bad so far. Yeah, it's working out. I'm not disappointed with it. Yeah, it slows people down. What was your decision to make the pit lane like that? So guys that wanted to do fuel mileage, it's going to be, I believe, a 60-minute main event. Mm -hmm. So guys that are going 10 minutes have a possibility to take advantage of that fuel mileage and get that a reward for their hard work and tuning all right well we look forward thank you for all your hard work you guys have done an excellent job and uh, we look forward to seeing how it develops over the weekend yeah thanks guys uh may you rest in peace kevin thank you for all that you did in rc uh we greatly appreciate it sorry something else is playing in the background and uh our condolences go out to you your family, the NorCal RC family, and of course, the A-Main family. Uh, such a sad thing. Such a sad thing. Also, uh, I don't know if they've started a GoFund for him yet, or if they are going to do that. If they do, I will share that for you. Uh, also, I just wanted to share that RIP to Jeff Berlin, who passed away about two weeks ago. They do have a GoFund for him, trying to raise some money for him. Another RC friend of mine, uh, Stu Trotter, who was Ryder Trotter's uh, dad, passed away also about a month and a half ago. There's a GoFund for him as well. So, um, yeah, I just wish all their families the best. I know it's very hard. I wouldn't want to go through that right now. And uh, just, I think Kevin's one hit a little bit hard because I just, just met the man and just got a chance to see him and talk to him. And it, it's always difficult. So I was very shocked when that happened and, uh, may he rest in peace. May he rest in peace. All right. Um, moving on to some other stuff. We don't really have any RC news, but I did want to say something. Uh, I wanted to say thank you and happy birthday to high tech. I see they had some cake and whatnot over there in the Korea side. So I guess they, this week, I'm not sure the exact date might've been yesterday, which is Wednesday, which would have been the uh, 13th, I think celebrating 50 years of existence. As you can see, I'm rocking my 50th year hat that I got from them at DNC. I just wanted to say thank you to high tech for all their continued support. They have, been a big support of the podcast for the last two and a half years. They've helped me get to many races and we've uh, started a great partnership. I appreciate that. And to uh, Mike Mayberry, Sue's everybody there. Uh, they're doing some great social media stuff as well. So it's always good to see they hired the Viking. He's doing stuff for them. So it's always good to see all of this good stuff 
Good to see uh, them back in racing and doing well. So thank you for the support. Happy birthday to High Tech. And uh, if you guys want to check out some of their products, we have links for that in the written description of this podcast. So I just wanted to talk about a few things that are going on. Also, this is kind of like announcements. This is also brought to you by Sidewinder Fuel. Uh, We thank Sidewinder for all their support. Uh, greatly uh, good to have them on. I know we've been trying, uh, Greg's been trying to get them on for a long time on the podcast. Uh, Sidewinder Fuel has been doing this for many, many, many years. And um, they've been making competition fuel for cars, airplanes, all that type of stuff. So it, it's great to have them on Morgan Fuels. Thank you to Fred uh, for his uh, support at Sidewinder. We greatly appreciate that as well. So uh, one big announcement is coming up. Obviously, we have Visions Race this weekend. I'm looking forward to that. Just saw that they released the track, so they made it a little bit bigger. Uh, the invite, I know Ryan Lutz had to pull out, so I'm not sure who's going to take his place, but I am looking forward to the coverage that they do. Uh, I believe, I hope that they have Ken Stout in there again because I think he did a really good job. I'm not sure about the invite section of it. Uh, sorry, not the, the just the regular entries. Not sure how many people are going. But a few people have talked about going, so that's good to see. Um, I wish everybody the best. I hope everybody has fun up there, and I hope and I pray that this brings the exposure that we want for RC as well. It'll be really good to see. So I hope that goes off well for everybody, live RC, everybody involved. I really appreciate uh, what they're doing and how hard it is. The track looks great. track looks pretty good. So I appreciate that. Also, this week uh, at the RC Madness, they have the Beef Electric Shootout. Now, Techno donated, um, uh, and I believe Ryan Mayfield and Jay Concepts, everybody together, Hobby Wing, ProTech, they put together a replica Techno uh, e-buggy of Ryan Mayfield's right down to the paint. And it's being, uh, what is it, raffled off? It's got everything. So uh, I think they had a raffle. They are having a raffle for it. And it's uh, the Beef Electric Shootout. Now, this race is being put on uh, by uh, a, a gentleman, uh, Mark Corto, I believe is his name. He, him, and uh, Tom Bishop are putting on this race. You know, so uh, Mark apparently was uh, injured and left paralyzed by a drunk driving incident two years ago, and he's been into RC. So he had this idea that the raffle from this uh, car would go towards the paralyzed veterans in need. So basically all proceeds go to veterans that come home paralyzed and helping to helping out to, you know, just, uh, you know, help them with their medical uh, expenses or whatever they may need it from. So they're having the race this June, the 18th at RC Madness at their eight scale track. All funds from the race will also be raised, will be donated by beef to the veterans as well. It's really a great initiative. Uh, my buddy was telling me about this. He hit me to this. Uh, they're doing a lot of good things up there at RC Madness. Been around for so long, like 35 plus years, I believe, in existence. So always good to see this. Uh, good luck to the fundraiser. I hope they make a lot of money and help support veterans over there. I really do. Good job. Good job. Good job. But yeah, this weekend, Visions Race will be on. Looking forward to that. I'll be watching that. Uh, then coming up the following weekend, we have the NXC Grand Prix in Denmark, where I think a lot of... Oh, sorry. Uh, next weekend will be the Italian race at Gusago. That's Mal's race. Uh, he's trying to get me out there, but I just don't think it's going to happen. They will have coverage. It's next weekend. All the top European guys are going to be there. Angaro, all that stuff. But I did talk to Angaro, and he said, after the Italian race, he'll come on the podcast. So I'm looking forward to that. 
Uh, then we have the NXC race in Denmark, which will have coverage as well. Uh, some top guys are going to that. We have the Raw eight-scale electric off-road nationals at CRC. They are coming up on July 20th to 23rd. We have the EFRA off-road championships, 10-scale off-road championships, July 17th to 22nd in the Netherlands. We have the EFRA large-scale touring car championships, the 17th to the 20th. So we have like two EFRA championships on the same weekend hmm. in the Netherlands. Or maybe that's wrong. Nope, both in the Netherlands. Ain't that something? They're both having two Afro events in Netherlands. One fifth scale. I love large scale touring. I'll be watching that. Uh, the eight scale on road championships. Afro's right now booming. We just had the e buggy Nats, e buggy Euros. So that's all booming right now. Summertime is the time for racing in Europe. We have the 10 scale touring car championships. We have Scotty Ernst UK showdown coming on, coming up. Of course, we have the Afro eight scale off road championships coming up. In August 29th to September, I really want to go to that. The e-buggy cup. And then, of course, the 10 scale worlds is coming up as well. A wicked weekend's coming up at the end of July. It looks like I'll be there doing commentating and interviews and all that stuff with Danny. Looking forward to that. Looking forward to seeing all my Southeast RC community. Uh, looks like I'm going to be busy from that point on to the end of the year. So I'm truly blessed and happy about that. Obviously, none of that's possible without you guys out there. So I greatly appreciate that. I greatly appreciate that. Honestly, I do. Because without you guys' support, I can't do that. Cannot do that. Um, not too much. I'm going through my Facebooks and my my Circus RC. Good to see Circus RC back. He went on vacation for a little bit. Uh, everybody needs to have a vacation, so he's back uh, posting. Hello, Chris. Hope you had a great vacation. I hope it was relaxing. I would like to go on a vacation myself. Um, next week, we'll geek out on news. Max will be back. He, he I'm sure he has to talk about his e-buggy euros and his Finnish Nationals, I think, <clears throat> that we haven't talked about. I'm sure that he's going to get a lot of crap for that. But uh, Max meant to the Euros. He'll be back next week. JQ joins us this week. We have a cool guest next week already lined up, too. Uh, he was very involved in RC, making documentaries and stuff like that. And um, it's going to be interesting to pick his brain and find out what happened and uh, what he saw over the Euros are making documentaries and whatnot. So maybe you guessed who it is, but uh, we'll be recording with him uh, on the this week so i'm recording with him this week patrons will probably get uh early we'll get early release of just that interview uh next week sometime so uh stay tuned see if, if you can guess who our, our guest is next week and then hopefully the weekend after that, i'll finally get him i'll finally get the italian stallion two-time world champion davide angari so lots of things planned i'm home for about uh, a month and a half almost two months now there's possibility that a race might come up, but I'm kind of home. I'm going to be enjoying RC. It's super hot here in the DR, so it's boat time. I got that big monster to get in the water. Got to get some parts for my blue cat to get it running. So that's the plans, as well as my techno truck. I'm going to do all my RC projects this 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 next month and a half because I know after that I'm going to be super busy. And honestly, man, just none of that's none of that is possible without the support from you guys. So thank you, thank you. Thank you to offer an RC racer as well. Really enjoying my my uh my whatever these are called. I forgot. Uh I don't know. Keeping drinks cool or hot glasses. With that said, I think we're just gonna go right into the e-buggy recap with JQ. I want to thank Techno RC for their continued support. I wish them all the luck at Visions this weekend. They won it last year. Can the wizard uh Jared Wiggins Repeat? I don't know. We'll see. Jared Tebow is on fire. Mayfield has something to prove. Tasman has something to prove. 
I'll be looking forward to the uh, to divisions race this weekend. I wish them all the luck. I wish them all the luck. Thank you, Techno RC, for all their support. And uh, we go to JQ. We're going to talk about the e-bug heroes here. Techno RC. Techno RC is a championship-winning manufacturer of high-performance A-scale, TED-scale, nitro, and electric RC buggies and trucks. With a worldwide dealer network, USA and Europe-based headquarters, comprehensive warranty program, and global race support, Techno RC is excellence in RC. View the full lineup of Techno RC race-proven vehicles by visiting www.technorc.com. Thank you to Techno RC for their continued support. And joining me in the virtual studio is the man whose head's shrinking, which is unbelievable because he has such a big head. Vice champion of the e-buggy race, e-buggy specialist himself, otherwise known as Joseph Craigrain, JQ, Beaker, and Rupert Pumpernickels. What's up, dude? What's up? What's going on? I just want to share this. <laughs> the vice champs. Vice champions. Uh, yeah. you, you should put that in your thing. Vice champion. You and Bruno, vice champions. All oh, good. yeah. So I... Uh... I was disappointed at first, but then I remembered that I'm actually a vice champion. So I was really happy then. This so is I, a funny I picture. Chased, I literally chased Bruno down. He was running away. I have a video of that. I was chasing him as they were leaving just to get this picture. I'm sure yeah. he was running from you because he was running from me. You're an idiot. You're so much taller oh. than him. I, it's, I forgot how, you know, you are pretty tall and he's not that tall. And uh, the other thing that happened, which oh, I really gosh. enjoyed, was uh, the first lap in the C main. So I, somehow I qualified into the C main, which there are some good drivers who take their racing seriously in the C main. So I was kind of happy about that mm -hmm. because my preparation for this consisted of one and a half packs uh, <laughs> of running. <laughs> I just took the front and rear ends off my nitro and put them on an e-buggy chassis. And, and that, that was it. So the fact that I was able to put together really consistent runs, I was 30th, 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 29th, 31st. And, um, and well, my, you are an e-buggy specialist. My five-minute times were, I think, six, five, 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 four, or something like that, like seconds, five minutes, six. So all, all very close and consistent. So anyway, C main comes along, and I I start telling people, watch the first lap. Okay, watch me on the first lap. Like but you have this video, don't people. you? Like Reinhard, I told, just watch the first lap, and a bunch of other people. Then, as we are waiting to go up to the driver's stand, I'm starting ninth, and Jessica Paulson is sev starts seventh. So I tell her in Swedish, I say, make sure to hold your line on the double. Don't change your line. Okay. Otherwise, we'll be making pancakes. So, <laughs> so uh, <laughs> this is uh, what happened. I'll, I'll show you. Oh, you have it? Uh, yeah, I have. Uh, hopefully, I also get the other angle where you can see it better. But I'm I'm disappointed because uh, Tom Cockrell, who was announcing, he completely missed this. Well, to be and fair, to be fair, the the video that you showed me, I completely missed it too. Because it's very well, hard to see. Would. Yeah, well, and I'm like, why is he sending me this, this video? Le Maire leads away from pole from Pelle Kumsi and Adrian Pariente. 
We've seen Pullman struggle, and there we go. Pullman is over and in the dust. And him rejoining is going to cause a bit of carnage. So we'll that let's see how it unfolds. That was, that was full send. Wow, see the that's, JQ machine in you should let me play Paulson. this video because that video is extremely bad. If you're janky, janky internet. Yes. Uh, I could let upload me... it here then. Yeah, let's upload, upload that because that was, that was absolute shite right there. I will upload it into the system. Absolute shite. Anyway, um... You did fully send it. The only reason I knew this is because my buddy, Mike Driscoll, like at seven o'clock in the morning, he goes, did JQ fully send it? And I said, what are you talking about? Right. And then he, he sends me to that race. And I'm like, oh, this is why JQ sent me this video. This guy just sends me a random video and like doesn't give me any you. I'm talking about you. Doesn't give me any explanation. Yeah. And I'm just like, what am I looking for? Because it's very hard to see your car. Right. You know, I can't uh, upload it because it must be MP4. Uh, let me see if I can find it here. It was C main one. Anyway, continue with your story while I yeah. figure this out. Continue with your story. Yeah, well, you kind of need the Oh, yeah. How did Max get what there? That's was, what I should uh, say. That, the camel double. You say continue with your story, then you start talking about Max. The hell okay, do you want? But, well, you took so long, you know? Took the camel so long. I have double it, I there have in it. the Just middle. Take it easy. I, just Take it easy, it. Bobby. I, huh? I figured that would be the best way to make headway on the first lap and work <laughs> perfectly. Landed right ahead of uh, Paulson. And the rest is history. I got fourth in that main. You need to remove that for me, please. Uh, so you beat Paulson. Was you... So let me ask you something. You even showed up late, right? I think you showed up Friday for this. Didn't like... Uh... I did. So did it I practice in... start? Yeah, I flew in Friday morning, so I missed the first practice. But I actually made it to the second practice round, so that was okay. Okay, so we're just going to play this. It's uh, There you are. There you are. Can you see this? There's, there's your nemesis, Jessica Paulson. Yeah. And um, I don't have volume on this. I didn't put volume on it. So, uh, But anyway, it's good because we're looking okay. at this track. There's Barufalo. Barufalo in the CMA. Ooh, not a good weekend for him. Did he bump up? Hampus, too? There's no bump ups. Oh right, there wasn't. There was a last uh, chance qualifier to get into the A main, right? Yeah, the B main was a last chance. Right, but then they had B finals, three B yeah. finals. So that was a little different. They had three mains for every single race, for every single yeah. final. So pause it there before the launch, okay? That hasn't even we'll started yet. I I can see that lefty. All right, you know, is it clear? Can you see it clearly? Yeah, I can. That's what happens when you don't have janky internet, right? There we go. Pause it before the launch. Okay. Do you want to pause it there? Look at no, you, right? That's no. not before the launch. That's perfect. Look at your car. No squatting, no nothing. All right. There you are. I see you right there. Yeah. So I'm going to triple and then play it a bit further. Should we slow it down? Yeah, let's slow it down. Yeah, okay, let's do that. Let's slow it down a touch. Half speed, okay. There you okay, are. so now I'm doing the triple back there. I land, I passed one car, and now I'm going to launch. Watch, there you see. <laughs> that I was now watch the shadow. Now watch the shadow on the track. Do you see the shadow? Yes. Dude, Boom. you sent it. <laughs> I sent it. I passed three cars there. 
Thomas that was awesome. It looks like and Bolson. That was dialed. You sent that zero responsibility. You know what? That is the fourth time you have made me proud this year. <laughs> Four times. That was fun. Let's see it in real you know, time. The issue, of course, was that heading up to that double, there can't be anyone in front of me. Now, I saw that Jessica was in front of me, but I just guesstimated that she will make it over the jump before I'm there. Mm -hmm. That was pretty much a 70% chance this will be successful, 30% chance it's going to be an epic fail. But luckily, it was successful. And where'd you end up in that main, by the way? fourth and then okay. the next one i was messing around doing the jump doing all the jumps doing all the jumps <laughs> yeah and i bent my dog bone and my car became a nitro so it started having a really loud sound on power mm-hmm. and so i would be driving around the track like revving it intentionally because it sounded nice and yeah i was laughing people were laughing it was good time good time so well it sounds like <laughs> you had fun See, you, you yeah, had fun in an e-buggy race because this is your I destiny, know. right? E-buggy. Yeah. Imagine if when you make an e-truggy, how much fun you're going to have when you become an e-truggy specialist. Oh, God. Hopefully, I'm done with RC by then. Or what as, are you doing, Lefty? Are you playing uh, this again or what? Yeah, i just letting it go while we talk. Don't worry. Um, yeah. There we go. There's your launch. I want to see this in real time. Yeah, so watch for the shadow. That's We did. We watched really the watch shadow. We, we saw the shadow. Yeah. That makes it cooler. Who's that that flipped over? Uh, Musa? Maybe. There we go. Launch. Yeah, that was actually, that was pretty good. That was really good, actually. And you was, you you know, you, being an e-buggy specialist, you you done pretty well. So, you know, good stuff, JQ. We, we talked about your send. Now we can talk about the rest of the race, okay? Yeah, we got the vice championship out of the way. That's good. Uh, and uh, the send. Okay. So. As long as you're happy. Um, but thanks for coming on, Jake. It's good to have you on. You, you made the trip to the e-buggy. Tell us a little bit about where this track is. Uh, it's called Rain Man's or used to be called Rain Man's or something like that. Rain Man's or something? Rain Man. Bischof Seim. It's in or near Frankfurt, Germany. It's perfect. It's 20 minutes from the Frankfurt airport. We have a direct flight from Finland, two and a half hours. So I can fly there in the morning, Friday morning, and fly home Sunday evening. Except this time I flew home Monday, but still, location, awesome. Okay. Track, track, divided opinions, I would say. I would say more people dislike it than like it because it has what I call anti-flow. It's kind of awkward. It flows really nice coming onto the straight, end of the straight, up to that sort of carpet, triple, camelback, triple, bomb hole section. And then the other stuff on the track is just sort of awkward, the feeling of driving. Like that triple that, that you bought. That yeah, you so, it's very awkward. Yeah. Now, it seemed, now it's very jumpy, the video. But yeah, this end of the straight, very nice flow. And you sort of get a nice rhythm going. And then it's completely ruined by these jumps. And the jumps also, the timing is so critical to get it right. Mm-hmm. That that's also makes it difficult. And this chicane... It's not really a chicane you can drive nicely through. It's very sort of slow and awkward also. Jumping up here before the back section. Uh, Also, it's not smooth how you do it. And the back jumps, depending on which line you choose, the cars will jump a different amount. 
This so, is my favorite section of the track right here. Yeah. So timing is difficult because the jumps aren't uniform everywhere. So you, mm-hmm. one part of the jump, you'll come up short. The other, you'll jump too far. Even if you as a driver feel you're doing the same thing every time, you're, you're going to jump differently. So very difficult. And I think that's why a lot of drivers didn't really enjoy it. I started off not really liking it, but then by the time sort of end of qualifying and the mains, I actually really enjoyed it. And one thing that was good about this is it made it actually made the racing in the mains very good because the track was so difficult. So when you were in the lead, you would try to sort of be safe and not make a mistake. And mm-hmm. when you were behind, you were risking it a bit more and catching up. So it just made made that, especially the A main, very close, where there were four, sometimes even five drivers within what, a second or two to just gotcha. right behind each other. And also, like we saw, the leader often would make a mistake eventually. Uh, so if they got away from the pack, they would make a mistake and be right there again. So the difficulty of the track actually made for better racing in my opinion well it also looks like the landings for the jumps are very short right so especially on yeah, the yeah. triple so you have to be super precise and yeah. it's i i saw during the finals that other look we just on the b man there's robert i saw on the finals uh a lot of people just making those small mistakes right that's where a lot of the race was lost in that jump section that you sent it on so this is actually A1, which I haven't watched yet. So I'm going to just put it up here. By the way, all of this is courtesy of RC Racing TV. If you want to check it out, uh, you can go check out the full stream on their YouTube. They have thousands, a couple of thousand, not thousands, but they have a lot of hours of content there. Shout out to RC, Ra- RC Racing TV and all their hard work that they do bringing us the F4 Euros. Hopefully I'll be at the Nitro Euros, JQ. I thought you were supposed to be working on that with the Baldas and all that there. Who wants left to go to the Nitro Euros? Raise your hand. I do. Anyway, um, also that this track hasn't changed, right? It's kind of the same. They don't change anything. Um, yeah, it has actually. It did. What did they change from the warm up? I should say. I mean, not from the warm up, but okay. Uh, since I was there last, which was, I think, just before COVID. The middle section is all different. Basically, the clay sections are different. Um, the jump, the carpeted jump sections are the same. Okay. But, so and that's all an of oil this mixture the out there on that track? Sorry? I don't know what it is, actually. I, I never asked. Is it slippery? Tell us about that black section. Is it slippery? Is it grippy? What, what is it? It looks like, uh, oil, to be honest. I would say it's kind of medium grip slippery okay. to medium grip the cars would slide okay uh, tire, tire choice affects that but it, it definitely wasn't like high grip you know mm-hmm. you it wasn't an issue it, the cars would slide on the clay and then grip on the carpet which which also adds to the sort of awkwardness of the track yeah here we see bruno coelho from borak from arlovsky the three fastest guys all weekend and ironic uh who is I met him at the at the Worlds. Now he this is like his home track, I believe. This is also like a track that the Kilex have visited a lot. It's not their home track; it's actually kind of far for them, I believe. But Ronick is. Oh yeah, but come on, they've been there a lot. They yeah, like yeah, to yeah. say that they don't run there. That I call bullshit. So <laughs> let's put it this way: um, if you think that uh, 
there's no home track advantage or anything. It's it's the same for everyone. You know, people like to say that often, like, oh, it's the same for everyone. But didn't you say that about the Worlds? Yeah, but listen, listen. Okay. That who won? Did a German driver who has been there a lot win? No, Michal Olowski from Poland won, right? Who Mm -hmm. TQ'd? Portuguese Bruno Coelho. Okay? Mm -hmm. Those are facts. You can't argue with facts. But it's also a fucking fact that in the top five, there were sometimes four Germans, okay? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. When does that happen? I'm sorry, when was the last time you had four out of five or even more commonly three out of five? Are are we considering the Kilix Germans? I thought they were from Turkey. I thought they They said they wanted... No, they're of Turkish descent. I think they they run Turkish flags. They were born in Germany, raised in Germany, raised for Germany, okay? So, yes, I would say that German, it's not whatever. very. Maybe, maybe I, ten years ago we would have seen Newman competitive her five, six years ago. Yeah, but, but so yeah, clearly there is some advantage to uh, have local knowledge of the track, especially with it being so difficult. So, just want to. Put well, I mean, out. also like I, I wouldn't like ironic. I like him. He's good. He's he's a decent driver, right? But not finishing fourth at the e-buggy Euros, or even Max Gotzel, who's a very good driver. You know, he's in the main and he's doing well. <clears throat> and then you saw people like Kanas, who won this slasher, who I, I can't remember where he finished. Can, let's just Kanas, Ongaro, and and Ronafalk, who just had like probably the worst e-buggy Euros they've had, right? So, yeah, definitely. Well, I think they are. They were the only three who didn't go to the warm up or to practice. At the track before. Götzl is from Czech Republic, so he isn't from there, but I guess X-Ray team did spend some time there at the warm-up and practicing mm-hmm. after, so... Yeah. Alright, all right. so let's let's talk about this a little bit more. Uh, so, Bruno goes in, he's your TQ. Surprised at that? At all? No, didn't he TQ the warm-up too? Yeah, I believe well, he so. He was up there at, at least. No, not really. Killex, I would say that I'm not like, you know, Barkan. I was surprised that Barkan wasn't as fast as Bullrock at this race because, you know, I, I could, you know, just I was expecting it to be like Killick, Killick, Coelho type of thing, but Barkan actually finished ninth. Um, so what was the tire of choice for most guys out there, JQ? Like the hot race guys were on Sahara. Well, the hot race guys ran Clay Sahara and, uh, Seismic ran whatever their purple is. I, I don't know. They ran the, that small pin, Magma, mm-hmm. or what was it? The one I ran also. I can't remember now. I can't remember the name, but the one that looks sort of similar idea, bar tire like the Sahara. Mm. And uh, then... I don't know if I and Ongara were running Matrix, so they also ran their tire that looks like sort of bar tire Sahara type. Oop, there's so, yeah. Coelho just that, that's another spot that I saw people. Sorry, that small triple looks like it's so easy, but I saw a lot of people make mistakes there. Yeah, so whatever tire you were running, the bar type tire, synthetic compound, clay compound, that's what uh, people were running. And I actually uh, compared tires. So in the C main, I ran a different brand uh, in each main. I kept my car the same. I just changed tires just to see the difference. 
So early on, I had started in practice with uh, Hot Race, but there weren't enough tires to go around. So then I switched to Seismic, and I was actually really happy with that. Um, but then for the mains, I wanted to try different tires to see the difference. So the first uh, C-Main, I ran, ran the Seismic, the bar-type tire, purple compound, and that was like my base. I knew, I knew how that felt. And the second main, I ran the Matrix. Um, not sure what the compound was, but it was also the bar-type tire. And I noticed that on the clay sections, the car was looser. But it was the kind of loose where maybe if I adjusted my car, I'd be okay. But then on the stones, it was clearly a lot looser than the Seismic. And I don't think just setup would have cured that. And then on the carpet, both were about the same. They were kind of grabby. You had to be quite careful on the carpet sections, I would say. So at that point, I would say, yeah, Seismic was definitely better because it was so much better on the, on the dirt and the stone corner. Carpet was about the same. Then for the last main, I ran Clay Sahara, so hot race. And I would say that it was between Seismic and Matrix. So on the clay. I had not quite as much grip as with the Seismic, but more than with the Matrix, and also more than Matrix on the stone section. But then the biggest difference with the hot race was on the carpet, it was easier to drive. It wouldn't catch as much, and I didn't have to be as careful. Okay. So again, there, I would say that if I had run hot race instead of Seismic, I would have maybe adjusted my car a bit to get a bit more grip on the dirt. But with it being better on the carpet, uh, it would have been a really good choice too. So, yeah. So it was interesting to to see the difference there between the different tires, and and it's just something where I always get reminded that going to these big events where we have to fly in, and where it's a championship event, everyone wants to do as well as possible. Not having a control tire is really not ideal because. There are so many choices, so many compounds and treads and everything. You can only bring a limited amount. Normally, you don't bring the one that then ends up being the tire. And normally, you can't get it at the race either. It just makes racing too expensive, difficult, and unfair. So I'm not talking about the very top guys. I'm talking about everyone below that who still spends their own money, goes racing, and wants to do as well as possible. It's just, it really is very difficult to do. Yeah, so. I, I know you've talked about this quite often about having a spec tire. I know eight scale is like the only class that has open tire at any national yeah. Euros it, or Worlds event. It would and, make so much sense for these bigger international races that people fly into. So we both took a drink of coffee at the same time. Uh, all right, so talking about changes to your car. On this, this is like a really typical type of Euro style track. We have mixed surfaces. We have Astro. We have uh, some sort of oil clay surface. We see some some bricks there. So this is very traditionally European. Uh, kind of the jumps to kind of European too. Like if you think about it back in the old school thing, old school way. What type of adjustments are you making in your car with an e-buggy to get it to work her? Well, 
I'm sort of experimenting at the moment. I'm running a very different setup to what I would normally run, and I want to run it everywhere just to sort of see the pros and cons of it. So I'm running very low caster, low KPI, so very more aggressive front end, I would say. The Mayako's front end is very neutral as stock. So when I say very aggressive, it's still not as aggressive as some others like Kyosha, for example. But for a Mayako, it's a very aggressive front end. Then I'm also running more offset on the rear, which gives uh, more rotation in the corner. So the rear is also aggressive. And that's what I ran here. Now, you might think it's not the best for a track like this. It's very difficult and edgy and carpet sections. But I was surprised to see that I could get around the track quite well already in the first practice. So I stuck with it and just made small adjustments. I would say the biggest um, the biggest thing on this track was, once again, anti-roll bars. So what I saw was some drivers ran very hard roll bars, like 2.8 front, 2.8 rear, or 3 rear, or like super thick roll bars because of the high grip. And then what we did with Mayaka, we ran sort of normal, 2.3 front, 2.5 rear. And I'm actually curious to know what roll bars Orlovsky ran. I just messaged to see if we'll get a reply during this podcast. But the thing, for example, with Bruno. So the same thing happened last year. He TQ'd, he was fast, but then when he had to race, other people, he would make mistakes. And this is something I've spoken about before also, where there's a difference between making your car fast and easy. And you have to strike a balance between the speed of the car, how aggressive and responsive it is, and how precise you have to be as a driver for it not to punish you, versus making the car a bit safer, which is slower, but you have more margin as a driver to make small mistakes. I don't mean mistakes as in crashing. I mean mistakes as in breaking too late, too hard, or getting on throttle too early, too hard, or like small input errors, which would punish you with a very fast car, but you can get away with them with an easier car. And so last year and this year also, what would happen is Bruno would be in the lead and he would crash. and Often the crashes would just come out of nowhere. And I would argue that's because the car is set up to be too fast and not forgiving enough. And roll bars is one of those things where when you run very hard roll bars, they are good until they suddenly aren't. And that's why on a very high grip track like this, when you run softer roll bars and make other changes to the car to stiffen it up, the car is more forgiving and and should uh, lead to less mistakes. Another point is the shock package. So what I heard was that Bruno was running those VRP-style pistons or MIP-style pistons. X-Ray make their own. I don't know what they call them. Some kind of optimized flap piston, I'm sure. So they have flaps on top, which means that the rebound is faster. Now, if you run that, it also makes the car more responsive, reactive. And if you get something wrong, it, it will punish you more. 
car will land a jump bad, could bounce and uh, crash. And that's basically the kind of mistakes we saw from uh, Bruno in the main. So, so basically, to conclude, I would say that the focus on a track like this, in my opinion, should be to make the car consistent, forgiving, and safe, and work and and sort of work on your driving to get the speed out of it. Of course, you have to have enough steering and grip and all of those things. The car can't be like super stable and slow. But if you have to choose a direction to go fast or slow, I mean fast or easy, you should choose easy on a track like this. That's so my opinion. I I always remember something you said that Hara told you, right? That on these high traction tracks like this or tracks like especially with like that carpet and stuff like that, you want the car like a lot like a lot of people go to those heavier roll bars, stiffer suspension, all that type of stuff. But you said he wants it. He wants he he wants the car to go into the corners, to hug the corners, not you know. And also, I think it also creates it has gives you that time to catch it when it does break loose, right? Is that kind of the feel that you're looking for, or am I kind of off on not really on a thing here? Because I remember you saying this that Hara told you this. Uh yeah. So in the track, in the track. Uh, yeah. When you have low roll centers, your car is further in the track and less likely to flip over. Mm. And that's something that you would want on on this track. So how about how about somebody like Rana Falk? Because so you had Rana Falk and Badier here. Can you give us two examples of what they kind of wanted compared to each like to each other? What was Rana Falk looking for? What was Robert looking for? Well. It it was kind of the same story as always. So except Ronefalk wasn't really looking for more steering. He had enough on this track mm-hmm. track. Uh but Robert was looking for more rear support. He always cries about that. So uh, uh well, that he can't cry he, he can't so be funny. upset about the brakes, right? No, he, he can't be upset about the brakes, but he was upset about his speed control and the feeling feeling and was adjusting. Okay, but that's stuff. something that you can't control. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I can't. I think that's a gen- uh, in uh, just one second. I think that's just an genuine general concern for many people. Money is top pro guys with e buggy, right? They can't get the feel that they want. They kind of, I think they wanted to feel like a nitro car. Hence, why Drake was always running that techno clutch or a clutch on his e buggy. Yeah, but I think nowadays that's done with the speed controller. That feeling. yeah, I'm sure so it can no, be no clutch, but everything is sort of adjusted through there. Uh, so anyway, that in the track feel is key on a, on these kind of difficult tracks because you want the car to feel stable, and when you are on power, you want it to sort of stick to the track instead of having to drive around the track, being scared of it flipping over. Uh, so, for example, uh, lower the lower arm on the inside or raise the link on the towers run long links to slow everything down, calm everything down, uh, those sorts of things. And I just got confirmation. So Olovsky did run relatively hard roll bars, so 2.7, okay. 2.9, and then, but then his suspension was very soft. You, you could see that when the car was driving around the track that it looked really soft and rolling a lot. He, I know from 10th scale he 
runs his cars sort of long links, low roll centers, very much towards a overall grip versus initial grip setting. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. that's kind of how it looked here. And actually, I thought it didn't land very well at all, his car. So if he didn't jump perfect, he would sort of double bounce. But the difference between him and many other drivers who had similar issues, like maybe they would land bad, is he he was in tune enough to hesitate. So he would land and hesitate a bit and then go. So allow the car to settle enough mm-hmm, where mm-hmm, mm-hmm. where he was back under control and and then he would go. So, maybe that's from his ex, his ten scale experience. You think? Well, just experience in general, right? Uh, and being a sort of calm calm driver wants to be in control, wants to be safe. Like especially here, just where this video was, that jump in front of the driver stand, the camel double that I launched there. Many times he would land a bit bad so he would let the car settle and launch over the triple so there was a clear hesitation and then go where many others wouldn't do that they would just regardless of how they land they would just go for it and crash okay so he avoided many mistakes because of that and he had a couple of mistakes too when when uh he couldn't save it like it it landed too bad for him to save but yeah these are the sort of compromises you have to do it's very rare that in a race situation you can perfect a setup where everything's just perfect. Uh, normally, we have a limited amount of practice and qualifying and mains, and towards the end of the race, you don't really want to make changes. You want to be comfortable and confident with the car. So you end up somewhere, and it's often a compromise. And as a driver, you have to adjust. You can't drive how you would naturally want to drive everywhere, right? Mm. You have to drive as fast as what the setup allows you to drive. And I think that's what he did very well at this race. Even when he was behind. Yeah, even when when he was behind, he would be precise and push to the extent he could comfortably do it. And other people made mistakes, or he would be fast and he would be able to catch, but he was patient, and that rewarded him at this race. Yeah, because sometimes you just got to drive, right? Just got to drive. And you got to use your brain and, has, and, do, and, and drive a, a great race, as we're watching him now in A2. Um, all right. <clears throat> so oh, ooh, that was a big crash right there. Uh, between, none, nonetheless, uh, Coelho and Borak Kilek, who have had some, some incidences before. So, JQ. All right, so you're there. You you get all this qualifying. Let's talk about it. So they had uh the, the interesting format was that they had three uh three A final, three ten minute finals for every every main. They had an LCQ where one from the B main bumped up. What do you think about this format? Do you think it's uh good for e buggy going into the future? Do you think we should be uh running? I mean, look, let's be let's be honest. E buggy is about to be a world championship class, right? In 2025. So okay, so you, you now now we're getting now we're getting juicy. You're cracking up, cracking open the long drinks. Yeah. Um, so why don't we talk about all all the drivers first, and then talk about the formats instead of skipping about? So we can sort okay. of keep on one subject. All right, I was kind of going to yeah. do that when we went through the uh, the grid, but being as you want to go through the grid, let's do that. Yeah. Um, all right, so Bruno Coelho, we talked about him. Do you want to continue talk about him? 
He actually finished no, second. So, he didn't get a win. Yeah. That's the thing. Yeah, he got set. What do you mean? He didn't get a win. He got a. He got a. He got. Sorry, he won th- the third one. He got second. Yeah. And um, yeah, I forgot. So he, yeah, he you know, goes in there super fast. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, I just missed that. He goes in there super fast. Probably one of the favorites to win. And then it's over for him in A two, right? Because he didn't get a. He needed to get uh, a win or a second. He only got a. Let's see. So A one was a fourth. He got a third in A two, and he got a win in A one. And Orlowski had a a one two, and then his third one was eleven throwout. Like well, I guess it was a throwout. And Burak had a one a four, right? And how ironic, man! A two three and a three. Jesus, that's crazy. I never thought we'd be saying that. No, no disrespect to ironic. I just thought I'd never be saying that. Uh, you talked about Kuwait a little bit. Do you have anything? Do you want to talk about reiterate about him before we move on? No, so it was a battle between. There you saw perfect yeah. example of just yeah flipping the hell out. So two drivers who they don't really focus on one class; they race everything, you know, on road, electric, and mm-hmm. off road, electric, nitro, eight scale, ten scale. So they have many different classes. So they aren't really uh, f- fully focused on one. Okay, so you could say that that's a uh, that could maybe be a reason why mm-hmm, they aren't mm-hmm. so uh, in tune or make mistakes or whatever. But hey, they were the two guys fighting for the win, so that's not really an excuse, is it? Right. But I um, also think that b- this being e buggy plays a lot into that. Had this been nitro, I think we'd be a completely different story. Yeah, it's easier probably to adapt to eight scale electric than eight scale nitro when you run electric ten scale on road and mm-hmm. off road. But anyway, it's what I said. I think that the car, the way it is set up, it's too hard to race someone else. Clearly, it's fast. Clearly, he can do it. Uh, But when he is racing other people, he makes mistakes. Now, okay, maybe it's mental also. That's another possibility. Maybe he gets in his own head somehow and just starts making mistakes in mains versus when he's in qualifying and he's just doing laps. I don't know. So either it's mental or then it's the way the car is set up where it's a bit too difficult and not forgiving enough. Could be. Okay, Polovsky, moving on. We also already talked about his driving and that. So um, Let's go on to Borak because he finished third. He could have won yeah. this. Yes. So the last main decided... Uh, the race going into the last main the situation was that as long as Burak wasn't first or second then Olovsky would win and if Olovsky won then he would win Uh, so for Olovsky it was a good situation really because he just needed to beat Burak or uh, have Burak beat himself yeah, so it it was sort of a much easier for him to go into that last main, I'm sure. But I would say that that main, there's a lot of lessons we can draw from from that. Well, main. let's we'll okay. we'll wait for that because that's something that I think is going to take a whole ten minutes to talk about the 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 deciding factor. Let's go through the drivers and then we'll go to that. Why not? Why separately? Huh? Why? 
Because it's something that we're going to geek out on. And then we're okay. not, you, you know. Okay, we're going to talk about Borak last. All right, let's, but yeah. I mean, let's talk about Borak last. All right. Aaron Ronick, not surprised her. Very good weekend for him. Local driver, uh, driving an associated car. I will say this. Uh, I'm looking at the associated cars at the Nationals. Associated's found something with their new car. I know that's Nitro, and I know this is electric, and I know this is his home track, but if you would have told me that Aaron Ronick would have been the top AE driver at this race, I would have told you, shut the front door. Well, I mean, no one expected this, really, and I actually feel kind of bad for him because this was arguably his best chance to have a really top result, clearly, because he was so fast from the start and he really got he he really got uh screwed by how this race turned out like to have a two and a three i think it was and be fourth that really sucks because all it would have taken is for the same person to win two of the mains and that's it like he's on the podium but he got unlucky now when three different drivers won mains and then olovsky you know also blowing out in the last main and all like just all those things coming together made it. So he had an amazing race, awesome race and finishes fourth where I think he really deserved to be on the podium. So, yeah, unfortunate for him. Very unfortunate. Yeah. Nice guy. Very nice guy. I think he's young, uh, very good friends with the Killicks. And I, I think unfortunate. I, I, at one point I was like, this dude's going to win an a final. Like, you know what I mean? That's how fast he was. Yeah. And but actually, Actually, I just remember that in the last main, he crashed out on the first lap and was dead last. And then so, came back. Yeah, and then came back. But then then again, like if he had just not crashed there and been in it, he would have been on the podium. So even though he was unlucky, you can still argue you make your own luck. You know, that's kind yes. of what I mean with that. Like mm-hmm. it was unlucky for him to have two, three and not be on the podium. But he made that mistake. He came from the back. Had he been at the front, maybe he would have won the last main, you know? So, yeah, that's racing. And, that's how it goes. And then we have your favorite guy, Jorn Nohat Newman, who's just rocking out no hats. I think it's been yeah. good for his career. He doesn't wear hats anymore. He went from never seen, I never knew that he even had hair, to <laughs> I, I have, it's it's so weird seeing him without a hat, like, and he just, he's like, yep, I'm just going to rock the no hat. He must have figured out the hats are giving me bad luck, getting rid of that. Uh, fifth, good result for him. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it was a good result. He uh, is probably kicking himself. Oh, I don't know how close the points were, but probably would have uh, didn't make a difference at the end of the day. But in that first main, seven. you know, yeah, in the first main, right at the end, he made a mistake and Coelho crashed on the last lap. So had he not made that mistake, he would have got Coelho too and finished fourth. But he was right there. He was like just a smidge off those other guys. You know, he could do the fast lap, but just consistently be there. He was just a bit off, but still like clearly faster than everyone else. So mm-hmm. it was a really strong race for him. Yeah. And also top S-Works driver, because then we go S-Works, S-Works, S-Works. Uh, JCC, last year's champion. Uh, unfortunately, not this year. Just not a good weekend for him. He had a five, a seven, and an eight. He, his best performance coming in A2. Uh, but this is kind of is you know the these are the nitro guys we get into strictly nitro guys. So it was him, Boots, Angaro, Barkan, 
So but let's talk about JCC and Elliot Boots. Uh, I think neither of them were happy with a six and a seven. Others, others might think, oh, that's a good result. Not for those guys. No, they want to well, win. Kanas didn't go for the warm-up or practice, so he was the best uh, person who hadn't been there before. Uh, Boots was there, but I don't know. Boots... Uh, what is I going on with Boots? Boots? Boots should be better than he is. So I don't know if it's just sort of lack of motivation that he doesn't really practice or care as much anymore. Is that it? Or what? Because he it's like before he was one of those super punched, super fast guys. And now he's just not that guy anymore. <laughs> I don't know another way of saying it. Like, okay, it's good. Yeah, you make the main, you finish seventh at the uh, Euros. Yeah, but it's not like he was never in a position to fight for the podium or a win or anything. Like the pace just wasn't there. So why? Why is that? If you're paid oh, professional, then then uh, you should be there fighting for the win, not like just making mains. And I think he should be able to do that. He has done that before. Two-time European champion. So uh, I don't know what the issue is. Maybe, maybe, I don't know how old he is, but I know, you know, being married, having a kid, I believe they're married, right? Uh, well, having a new kid, um, new baby, well, it's about two years old, Working, living in Italy now, working for Reds directly. I think he works for Reds, correct, right? If I'm off, yeah. maybe... Maybe the traveling part and being an RC race professional RC racer has lost its appeal to him and is more focused on, hey, let's let's be focused on what Reds is doing. That's just my thought. Not saying that he, but I get what you mean. Like he used to be this guy that you would think could win or be a top three. I mean, in 2019, he won Silver State, right? So um, I don't know what's going to happen with Boots uh, in the future. I, I know he has a pretty, his future in RC is kind of cemented. Because he's obviously uh, with the Reds Rossi family, but maybe that's made him comfortable, and maybe he's understanding that I don't have to go out there and win all the time. I don't know, uh, but still, I think he's young enough to able to go out there and still be very competitive. So I don't know what's going on with Bootsy, but it's a shame because <clears throat> he he was very fast, and he still is, and he just I think he just needs to probably refocus a little bit. Um, and I like Boots. So I hope he does. Uh, Davide, man, eighth. So Davide there, but he didn't, you know, like he just didn't show up. Like, And I asked you about this, and you said you believe that <clears throat> that it had to do with his the style of track for him, not his style of track. Because Davide will not be happy with his result. He got a, so he finished eighth. He had a sixth. His best result was a sixth in A1. He had a nine in A3 and a 10 in A2. You was there. What did you? What What was your opinion of uh, the two-time world champion Davide Angaru? Yeah, and the reason I said that was that he sort of flows around the track. That's why he he is fast when he can carry corner speed. And this wasn't really a track like that, so <laughs> that's why it's not really his style. Also, he didn't go to the warm up or practice. So yeah, uh, yeah, and I tried those three tires and. The ones he ran were the loosest. Mm-hmm. So, 
that might also be one one contributing factor. I'm sure he wasn't, you know, excited about that. He wants to fight for the win, not finish. Where did you say ninth? Yep, eighth, eighth. So, yeah, yeah. But even if everything had been great, it's still that's not really his kind of track. You don't think he would have won this? I don't. I didn't have him in in this either. I thought Jake. I, honestly, I thought Juan Carlos Canas would win this. To be honest. Because just the way he looked at IBC in his own great form. Oh, uh, but yeah. okay. I think the most shocking her, actually, or one of the killings, to be honest, was Barkan. I expected Barkan. He finished in ninth. He had a, a, th- a five, 11, and a 13. I know he broke, because he must have broken A2. But I was expecting this to be like either two killings in the top three, a one killick winning, and like Barkan right behind him. But unfortunately, n- not, not his weekend either. Yeah, I think um, kind of nerves got the best of him. Normally, he's the chill one that doesn't really care, but I think yeah, this is. weekend he uh, he struggled just sort of with his mental side and mental focus and that. He didn't really perform at his best, and he also sort of gave up in some final, just pulled off the track and this kind of stuff. So I think it was more sort of a mental breakdown than anything. Okay, I could I could understand that, and you are correct. Usually, it's Burak who puts the pressure on himself, right? And Barkhan just usually kind of goes into this free uh, free willed and not so much pressure. Max Gotzel, uh, I didn't expect him to be in this, but I think a tenth at this is good for him. I'm not, it's no, he's no slouch. Max is pretty good. He's young, uh, X-ray guy. So I would say he maybe he's happy that he made the main and didn't finish last. Yeah, he was faster earlier on, and then I don't know why uh, why he wasn't then higher up. Mm-hmm. But still a good, you know, top 10 at Euros. It's it's good. Yep. Then we come on to Bartos Zalowski. Now, this young man is definitely has potential. Obviously, I've heard about him from Pavel. Keeps talking about him. And, uh, dude, as soon as these eight, anything that had him or... Um, Orlowski in it, it was like follow them, like all of Poland was in there. What's your opinion on this young man? He's like 16, right? Yeah, last year he lost, uh, brutally got ruined by uh, Robert, Bob, uh, in the last chance. I mean, he wasn't taken out or anything, just an amazing pass on the last lap of the last chance. Knocked him out of the A-main and Robert made the main. And I remember that. Yeah, he was devastated. And now one year later, he Clearly made the main. He had really good pace. The one thing I would say, though, he has really good pace, but he's like uh, some of those American youngsters where it's like uh, maybe it's not a CTO anymore. No, it's maybe a ZTO, you know, Salevsky takeout, where he really needs to learn to respect the cars in front. He can't go into every situation just at his maximum speed. Mm -hmm. If there's a car in front, he needs to adjust to that car because you don't know what that guy's going to do. So he was involved in a lot of on-track takeouts and that, and it's not the first time I see that. And then after that, you know, aggro on the track, continuing aggro in the pits, him and Kanas almost in a fight. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. So I would definitely... 
if I was in his circle, address that fact because uh, he's too young. You, he has to earn it, that respect. It's got nothing to do with that. That really just uh, we'll talk a bit more about that with when we talk about Burak, but it's not the right way to go about it. Definitely. I just want to know uh, more about him and Kanasama's getting in a fight. That's all I want. Yeah, they, I can't remember which main it was. A2 or A3. Uh, walking into the pits, there was almost a fight and people have, having to, you know, pull them apart, uh, different parts of the pits. So, yeah, that almost happened. Poland versus Spain. Yeah. But, yeah, that, that sort of blatant takeouts and not waiting and just pretending like it didn't happen. That's going to have to end. Okay. All right. So let's talk about the Viking 12th. Now, I'll be honest. I didn't have him probably winning this race, but I thought he would do better than 12. And I know that he does not, he is not very happy with this. I know you can't be happy with this um, because, you know, this is what we're talking about a guy that we consider that can potentially win any race that he, he goes to. So tell us a little bit about uh, David's performance and what you thought about it um well it wasn't ideal (laughs) i sort of knew that i wasn't really expecting that much Mm -hmm. uh but maybe i expected a bit more going into the last qualifying round you should pace in practice yeah yeah in practice the pace was okay it wasn't that far off and actually, in practice, he was also consistent. Like I was more looking at the whole whole run pace was good, but the issue, the number of issues, I would say, uh, I almost feel like calling my lawyer and seeing how much I can say here. Well, but if you ca- <laughs> if you think you got to say too much, just find out. Just watermelon seed yourself. No, we don't do that here. Not on no, this. I podcast. do it with Max. So. I would I would summarize it like this. Practice, the pace was okay. Then qualifying, it didn't start off that well, okay? And normally, if you are confident and you have practiced and tested a lot and you're sort of in tune with your equipment, in tune with your driving, then you don't panic because you know what you're capable of now practice was good qualifying starts didn't start that well a bit shaky panic mode sets in and two big changes are starting to be made you know all kinds of random stuff is being tried to find some kind of magic that will then lead to a tq and that's not how it works i don't believe so i think that a more structured sort of uh, controlled approach is better as it turns out, uh, after various experiments, returned to pretty, you know, close to a base setting, because f- heading into the last round, uh, he wasn't safely in the main. He needed a good run to make the main, and that's what he did. So he just kept the car on its wheels and got a sixth place. And I mean, the times were all pretty close. It was a good time, twenty-eight seconds, I think. He got a sixth, and he made the main. So that was good. That was like the best run he did just drove the car within its limits had a good run Uh, then the mains i think mentally he just wasn't there and just blew out all three times pretty much 
I think that you can always look to something uh, to blame, like car or tires or this or that. But at the end of the day, it's much like when I, what I said about Aaron Rennick, where you can say that, oh, you were unlucky. But then again, you did crash in the last main on your own. So you make your own luck. Well, in the same way, you can blame different things in your equipment or circumstances for your result at the race, but you can also look at what you did yourself. So going to a wedding instead of the warm-up, not going there to practice, not being in tune with your driving and car setup and trying things for the first time at the Euros. These things all matter. You know, They all contribute towards that result that you get. So it's a mix of all of those things, I think, why someone who I believe should be fighting for the win of every race he attends, why he was fighting to just make the main at this race. So, it ha- yeah. It has not been the best sophomore year on Mayako for Rana Folk. Um, I think I said this with Max, and if there's one person who I think can turn this around and, and turn his year around, it's him, right? But I, I guess... Also, this has to chip away a little bit at his confidence as well. It has to, even though I know he's very confident, but it has to chip away. And the only thing I can say is that I think he'll, he has summertime now. He needs to race, put in as much work as possible to get in tune because he has to, has had two major changes to his program. It's his servers, which I, I think is a change, but I think more of the changes uh, is also the tires, right? I mean, you talked about your experience with the tires. These, this is a completely new brand, unproven brand. We had one guy claiming that he, that Runafog went, oh, this is what, did Runafog go on Sahara Clays in the main? Because this part, apparently this person forgot that it was um, three mains. No, they look like Sahara's. The pattern is similar, but it's the Matrix bar tire. So here's my thing, right? Because we've seen this with other drivers. At what point, so yes, I get it. You want to be loyal. You want to be loyal to your tire company. You want to be this, you want to do that. But we've seen in other companies when they're developing tires that if they don't have something that works, they allow their drivers to go. I mean, J concepts done it when they first started with Ryan Mayfield, raw speed T pro, like, you know, I, I get it that they want to make these tires work. But at what point do you say, okay, we also need good results, right? The, the driver uh, needs good results. I think it comes down to like who is paying the bills. So, if if uh, yeah, that that's really what it comes down to. You need to find a balance of who is paying the bills, who is paying salaries and travel and and these costs, and what are they getting in return, and what are the reasons they are getting that return and the balance has to be found so if if everyone is chipping in and working together okay that's one case if someone isn't contributing anything but is causing a reduction in results then that's mm-hmm. another situation you know different companies have different uh priorities or they make different decisions regarding being allowed to run something else like mm-hmm. 
and you just have to respect that and accept it. But yeah, at some point, like when you, there's a big, if you, if you are running a certain car brand, then on some track it's not performing. Then can you run another? Well, no, not really. You know, yeah. so the same really goes for everything for tires or engines, like when. Mayfield was running reds, but then he put an OS in at the Worlds. That, is that okay? Well, not really. So the same kind of a, applies for tires. If you're running for a company, then then uh, that's it. That's why in some situations, maybe it's beneficial to have some kind of support that isn't exclusive, you know, especially in early days of, of a project. So so that you are affiliated with something, but not exclusively, where if you don't run it, it doesn't reflect negatively on the brand. These are all sort of situa- these are things and situations that you should uh, you should consider before signing contracts and before you know the racing season starts. So what do you think he has to do? Like what if if you're well, if if you're on a fog right now, what do you have to do? It's summertime. Well, I know you got to practice. You got to get in tune. What do you do? I think that on most tracks, the tires are already competitive. They are good enough. Mm-hmm. Uh, what Ronnefalk has to do is he needs to have he needs to have the motivation to test and practice a lot with and the right race. attitude. Well. Racing is like not the most important thing right now. Right now, the most important thing is to test and practice, gain confidence in the equipment that he has in on different tracks, different layouts, different conditions, so that when he goes to a race, he's ready and he knows what he needs to do and doesn't try off-the-wall stuff just because. So that is really key. To, gain, to get the sort of comfort level and confidence that's needed to race at a high level. And you, there's no shortcut to that. You have okay. to put in the hours to get that. You know, Ongaro and Kanas, they probably run, I don't know, 200 liters a year, uh, almost exclusively nitro off-road on the kind of tracks that we race on. I don't know, I don't know if Ronnefak has even done 20 liters this year and it's june we're six months into the year you know that's just that's not enough it's not acceptable if if you are fully professional driver wanting to win at the highest level like you have to at least match what your competition is doing and that's going to be the goal now going into the euros so sort of refocus our efforts and uh and try to go to the euros to to win that's the same track where he finished second to Ongaro at the World's warm-up and second at the World's. So now it's time to go. Are you guys going to the warm-ups this weekend? Uh, well, there, there's no race. There's testing. Robert is, is going there, but David isn't going uh, this time. He will, he, but he will go there to practice before. The will Euro you be good? Race. So, okay, now, the, now as, a, as, the chassis manuf- as the chassis guy, what are you doing to make sure that he has the best and that he can be competitive? What are you well, doing that, as a chassis designer? Yeah, that's a good question. So that's the other side of it because all drivers have different requirements. And when you're at the very top, you 
want the equipment to have you have to work as well as possible for you so what we are doing is we are developing some parts to add more natural rotation in the car so turn into the corner the car rotates we want that to happen faster and also that when you get on power that the car squares up and goes faster we're trying to increase the sort of natural corner speed of the car and we have some new parts on the way that the Mayako members will also be able to to uh, purchase and then we will all be running these and and testing these parts and seeing if if in, indeed we are able to make the car faster also so while david is working on himself and working mm-hmm. on his his setup we are also working on developing the car to make it faster for the top guys because the starting point what we had was a very safe and stable car very consistent you, you know any skill level driver can pick it up and be comfortable do five minute runs it uh, minimizes mistakes the way the car is and now we are developing certain parts to to adjust the balance of the car adjust the handling to make it faster so that's the other thing that we are doing yeah because it's it's everybody has to do their part right so we talk about the tires we talk about david getting out there and putting in more time and practice and all this and don't get me wrong Look, everybody deserves to live their life and enjoy life, right? You know what I mean? Um, and I get that. But it's it's just like, you know, like you say, you have to have you have to have that passion to can you and I know he has it, and I know he can do it. That's why I'm not worried about his part of it. So I think uh that that motivation and that that passion has to come from him, has to come from you, has to come from people in the team, all that type of stuff. And then I think once that all gels together. We see another great year, like we like we we saw last year with him, right? Because yeah, exactly. he has the potential to do it. That's yeah, that, if anybody can break out of this circle and do it, it is him. And I, one thing I will say: nothing motivates you more than having bad results. Yeah, and I'm not too worried about the tires. Like, I'm not saying that he was instead of fighting for the win, he was fighting to make the main. I don't think that was because of the tires. That was just because the preparation wasn't good enough. Let's face it. So that that's the that's the real reason. Yeah, but I think that's on all sides, not just his. You guys as well. Not having anybody at the warm up to prep for this race was a big hindrance for the chassis company. Yeah, and I would yeah. say for the for everybody. So I think that going to these warm ups is very important. You know, as if you have it, you should take advantage of it. So we we saw that right. You nobody from Mayako went to the to the warm ups and and look at the performance of the Mayako guys it wasn't the best. Yeah, as also, simple as that. Th- we saw all the German drivers at the top, so clearly, yeah, yeah. So there's some. All right, um, let's real quick. We had Johnny Skidmore. Now, I I have considered Johnny Skidmore to be a professional racer. Now he's making these mains. He's he's done well at some of them. He he bumped up from the LCQ to make this main. Okay, he finished twelfth. But Skidmore is legitimate. Like for me, he's legitimate. Like he's the top UK driver. Okay, he is obviously the national champion. But you get what I'm saying. Where where does where does a guy like Johnny Skidmore fall in the pro ranks? Like what happens to him? Obviously, X-ray is stacked, right? Maybe he's the number one X-ray guy in the UK. But I know they want to be more than that. And and these these guys also say they're, they're big proponents of saying, "Well, we didn't go to the warm up and all that. We couldn't go to the warm up." 
Well, I mean, everybody has a chance to go to the warm up. It's just a matter of getting there, right? Yeah. So, what are your uh, opinions on Johnny Skidmore and his future? He's still, you know, he's he's definitely for a guy who may not be able to get to the warm up and not be able to get to these races. He's still doing quite well. Yeah, he is. But there's a difference. I would say that he. It it's a choice. Okay, it's a choice to be a guy that sort of makes the mains seven to 10 positions and that's it for his whole career. Or There's been plenty of guys fight, like that. There's been plenty of guys like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So most of the time, that's a choice. Uh, sometimes there are limiting factors. You start too late or you you have another job you can't really apply yourself but if you are professional then and you can get to that level then i i would say it's more of a choice not to go further i think he has because, a real job yeah so then then if if you have a real job and then this is a bit of a hobby but you take it seriously and you make mains at euros that's really good that's a good that's a big achievement uh but if you then want to do better than that, you have to make it sort of your priority. And, you know, well, I mean, especially the, with the, RC where there isn't big money involved, that's a sort of choice yes, that many people don't want to make because you have to be a bit... Uh, you have to be a Neil Craig. You have to be a bit crazy to, to do that. Unless you start at a young age, you're good enough at a young age where you are basically you realize, okay, I can make good money doing this now if I apply myself to this. Okay, then it makes sense. Well, But the, if you aren't, if you are an adult already and you can make like 2,000 euros a month or whatever, if you apply yourself fully to it, but you have a real job, it's like, come on, I'll just keep doing my real job and this is my hobby. So, Like Neil Craig. Yeah, but Neil Craig is also a world champion, national champion, European champion, you know, multi-times over. That's... I know that we always go back to that, right? But he done it, right? But he was also good from a from the beginning. From, from yeah, the... but he started at a young age, and he's extremely talented also. So even yes. with someone like him, yeah, he has won worlds. Mm -hmm. But how many could he have if he was actually hundred percent dedicated to RC full time, full full time job? You know, who, who knows? I don't know, mm -hmm. but maybe I more. Agree. All right, um, real quick, we'll talk about some surprises that weren't in there, uh, Robert. Yao Figueredo, Daniel Parente. I would say the biggest surprise here would be Marco. Man. Marco in 26, you know, comes off that great performance at Silver State and then, you know, finishes 20. He's in the C-man with you. Uh, so maybe just not his weekend. I, I, I want to reiterate. I want to reiterate. I'm not making excuses for anybody. This is e-buggy. There's a lot of people that are really good in e-buggy. This was a very unique track that, you know, rewarded people that have been there before as well um and it's e-buggy right it's kind of like the same thing when and i'm not this in e-buggy i'm not saying anything bad but e-buggy is kind of like when i used to be a, a jqt manager guys be like here's my e-buggy results i finished in the a main or my here's my truggy results i finished in the a where's your nitro uh finishing you know oh i'm in the c main so there are a lot of people that are really good at e-buggy and it helps them a lot I always stress, if this was a Nitro race, it'd be a little bit different, right? Would you not agree with me on that? 
Well, I don't know. I think Marco has always been really good in e-buggy. Like his first good results, I believe, were e-buggy. So I have no I idea just why talking he about him and, and him, him particularly. Yeah, but it used to be like that because no one gave a shit about e-buggy and they just put it down for their race. And then if someone actually cared and practiced, then they would do sort of better in e-buggy compared to Nitro. You know, it's like Truggy, you know, people don't really test and practice and prepare for that, you know. So they just throw it down for track time. That's All why right. Buggy is more competitive than Truggy. Same thing. But now more people are actually running e-buggy. Testing, oh, it's going to be a, it's going to become a legitimate when i say it's been a legitimate class for quite some time but before with having a world it's going to be even more legitimate you know it's going to be like yeah okay it's legitimate legit 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 uh you did not beat jessica paulson or do we want to save that for your your i'm retiring again video or whatever you do and you did beat max well tell us a little bit how did max get there because he wasn't supposed to be there right why wasn't he supposed to be there? Because uh, he kind of was telling me he was shocked that he went to the Euros. What do you mean? Uh, he had not said he was planning on going to the e-buggy Euros to me at all. I was shocked that yeah, he was Yeah, he was always going. I didn't know he wasn't going. Okay. I thought you might have. Uh, okay. All right. Well, you beat Max. Yeah, of course. <laughs> so now I mean, you that, didn't beat Jessica That's the minimum Boston, requirement. But you did beat Max. Uh so that made you a happy guy. Yeah. So the thing was actually that after the first C-Main, I say, okay, if I continue down this road, I'm going to unretire myself, which I can't afford to do. So I started playing Nitro games, you know, with a noisy buggy and, and doing jump contests, my personal jump contest. And then... I managed to fi- uh, finish right behind uh, Jessica Paulson. So that's that's actually as good as my vice championship because I can stay retired. Uh, the situation is still as it was before the race. So all in all, a very optimized performance. Do you think, had you not raced, you could have... in, in uh influenced Ronafalk and Robert's position better as just a race engineer? No, I think this track especially was so weird. Looking at the car, can't really tell that much. I would say that I had some sort of setup suggestions, which I believe to be the right ones, which were not followed anyway, so it doesn't matter, except Robert did actually. Uh Robert, I think the issues were less on the car and more on the sort of connection to the car. You know, the feeling of the speed control and right, and that because he would have moments where he was really good and then moments when he looked like a beginner for some reason. I mean, but that's that's Robert, right? That's not really something you can adjust away (laughs) with car setup, in my opinion. So, yeah, it, it was a bit of a mess. Nitro Euros, we've been there a number of times. I'm not racing the Nitro Euros, just purely being race engineer there. So that will be... Uh, Peko going to the Euros? Different. Yeah, he's going. Yes. A different experience. 
but I, I think for eBuggy, it's, uh, it's, I won't be able to help any better if I don't race. If anything, I can help more if I do race and I really understand how the car is feeling on the track. Okay. Understandable. Um, we're going to pay some bills. We're going to come back. We're going to talk about, uh, the A3 incident with Barack and some of the drama that happened because I haven't even heard much of the drama because we haven't even chatted. So I want to say thank you to Race Tech Engines, uh, Clinic RC for all their continued support. You can check out and uh, get your personalized Race Tech Engines at clinicrc.com. Thank you to Clinic RC, Tony and Vicky for all their support. Good luck uh, down there in Parump, Las Vegas, where they have moved to. I know Tony's going to be working and doing the track there. That's always good. Let's get this A3 up on the screen. Or oh, did you want to watch your jump video one more time? Because I know you're super proud. Is that a different angle? Yeah. Let's watch that angle. before we let's watch that before we go. Nine and some summer challenge. Nine minutes to go, guys. Nine minutes to go. See, final round number two. Yeah, so that, that there you see the size of the jump. That's not from yeah. that first main, which was perfect. But okay, yeah. all right. Um, so let's talk about this. We had a lot of chatter about this going into the coming into this race. Uh, it was a three, like you said. Orlowski didn't have to win. Burak had to win. There we see poor Rocky looks so focused, like, I'm going to win this right now. And there's Orlowski kind of looking chilled. Um, so, yeah, but this ended in some controversy, right? So should we just go right to the controversy? I think we should. Let's just see if we can fast forward. Yeah, I think, bit. actually, second place uh, was enough for Bodak because I think he had the faster winning time. So as long as mm -hmm. Orlowski didn't win, if Bodak was second, then he would... Uh, win i believe right. that was the case but anyway life lessons okay one thing that happened was that the other drivers in the top didn't want burak to win mm. now, no are you knew. just saying this or did you know this no, I know for sure. Do you think Coelho wants Buddha? Of course not. There but he was very no. sportsmanlike. He did pull over. He did well, pull over yeah, why? and let him race. Why? He doesn't right, right. want I to thought the same second. thing. Yeah. Of course. He pulled over because he does. Do you think if roles were reversed, that he would pull over and let Budak fight for? No, he would fucking not. There's no way. So life lesson is, if you are racing... Uh, and you have sort of aspirations and dreams of being a champion, try not to make too many enemies along the way because those enemies are going to ruin it for you or try to ruin it for you if you do have a chance to win, right? So what have the Kilich brothers been doing? They've been causing controversy and drama, taking people out, slowing people down, doing all these things which have pissed a lot of their competitors off. 
which means that when there is a situation like this now, where all the other drivers know that, okay, they're out of it, they can't win, only Budak or Olovsky can win, who do those other drivers want to win? Pretty simple, right? They want Olovsky to win, not because they want Olovsky to win, it's because they don't want Kilic to win. That's just human nature. That's how it is. So, I think it's coming up here now. Coelho yeah, is Coelho between actually... these. Coelho is between these guys. Oh, whoa! What's that? He lets <laughs> Olovsky go to battle with Kilic. He doesn't want to get involved because if he stays there. Maybe he slows down Olovsky, Kilic wins. Kilic wins mm-hmm, the Euros. Mm-hmm, he doesn't mm-hmm. want that to happen. Now, just imagine the roles were reversed. Uh, Olovsky was leading, Bruno second, Kilic third. Would he pull over? There is no way in hell he would. The, we just have to accept this as reality. He wouldn't. If he was 100% neutral, maybe he would still pull over because he's like, ah, fuck, I don't care. Let these guys battle. It's possible, yeah. But... 100% sure Bruno does not want Kilic to win because of what Kilic did in the warm-up, slowing him down, taking him out, all this stuff, okay? They are not friends on the track. Or off the track. On the track or off the track. Also, I heard that, uh, I think it was, I can't remember which man it was. Maybe it was this one, actually, when Neumann was really close to Bruno. Uh, he had actually said that, don't worry, I'm not going to try anything, you know? Ah, oh, there we go. And, yeah, because I, I believe Neumann also wasn't really keen on, on uh, Kilic winning, so this situation was fine for him. He's just, you know, I have nothing to gain here, just go on, go ahead. So anyway, uh, the incident, did you find it? Yeah, yeah, this, I'm just trying to... It just happened. I'm just trying to put it in slow-mo. I think it's coming up here. So, yeah, so anyway, my point. Don't make enemies. It's going to bite you. Yeah, I mean, karma comes back, right? You know, there's... It, yeah. I love the killings. Don't get me wrong. I love them. I love that... I, I, I love the brother aspect of them. I, I like them. Um, I get it. It's racing, stuff like that. But yeah, I think when when you are like this, it's gonna come back to haunt you, man. Olaski was so fast coming out of that corner. I think it's after this hold on. Yeah, yeah, it is. So messed it up. Yeah, I'm just gonna fast forward a little bit. I personally think in the incident, right? I everybody was like, "What do you think about it?" Da, da, da. I thought it was a racing incident. I thought Burak checked up, and I'm saying to myself, "Why did he check up so much?" Right? I was like, "Why did he do that?" And it's like he almost came to a complete stop. So I was kind of just like, eh, why? He was he was so much faster through that. That like you saw it on a couple of laps where Olowski would tap him on the backside. Why would he do that? Like, why would you do that if you know that that, that guy was so fast behind him? What do you think about the actual incident? I thought it was a racing incident. I thought the marshal was extremely slow. But hey, you shouldn't have crashed, right? You don't crash. You don't have a marshal incident. So, what about your thoughts on that? I think it's coming well, up. Oh, so he gets a little squirrely there. He comes off that jump. Orlowski has a big drive 
coming off there. And then you see Borok's on the brakes, like right there. He just goes so slow. Like, and then Arlowski just doesn't have enough time to react to that, in my opinion. And then, yeah, it was a racing incident, but it's basically Olowski's fault. I mean, you can't drive into someone. So, I mean, he should just get a stop and go, and that's it. Yeah, but, but the I damage is done was, at that point. Yeah, the damage is done, and that's sort of the brutal nature of these three-leg A-mains. If you are going into the last leg w- with a must-win situation or, like, must-beat-the-other-driver situation, uh, it's brutal when this happens. So Olovsky could have intentionally just ruined Burak and won the Euros, mm-hmm, okay? Mm-hmm. Now he did ruin Burak and win the Euros, but I highly doubt that that was intentional. I think that it was a racing incident where Yes, I was saying that uh, I don't think that Olovsky did it intentionally. In that sense, it's a racing incident, but it's still his fault. I mean, you can't just drive into someone because they are slower than expected. And he did touch Kilic uh, quite a few times there. Yeah. I think another th- aspect of this is that Kilic's driving style is so aggressive and sort of erratic. Like, accelerates so fast breaks so much and quickly like it's probably hard to drive behind him because of that you know because his sort of difference in speed changes so quick you know he will break hard accelerate hard He's, he doesn't flow around the track you know the same way as many other drivers right so i would agree close, if you there close, yeah so it's like you just watch him drive and you can see the inputs like you can see brake throttle turn like you can see everything so clearly so maybe that's one thing also like why why it happened like just the fact that well he wanted to pr- protect at the end of the straight so he braked hard and mm-hmm. which was mm-hmm. unexpected that's sort of my best guess at uh what happened there i i uh even though it benefited Olovsky in the end what happened I still don't think that that was the intention. Well, see, that comes back to being liked, right? So all all the other drivers don't want him to win, or not all of them, but other drivers don't want him to win, so nobody's going to have his back. But I do understand why they they would be upset. I would be upset too, right? Um, Of course. I mean, yeah, of course. Yeah, of course. And and then it was because then the people are like, well, what about the no handshake at the end of this? And then we're gonna come up on that where Abdullah doesn't release. Abdullah must have said something to him. So let's let's go on that side of the story because you was there. Tell us what happened after this, right? Because now Burak needs to be in second, and he's in he's in he's not in fourth, right? So it's gonna be very hard to get up to where he has to get to. Um, and actually, this is where Ironic kind of puts on the afterburners, right? I thought he was gonna. I don't think he's going to... Um, yeah, I think he finished. Where did he finish in this? Hold on. So Ronick would have finished... Let's see. Ronick finished third, right? So he got past these guys. So let's slow this down. Let's look at the... Let's look at the, the podium after this. So where are you in conjunction to this? If I'm you, I'm looking right up to the podium right now. Because <laughs> I would have my camera... I was probably having a beer somewhere, to be honest. Yeah, that probably sounds about right. So here we are up here. Oh, come on. Come on, overlay. 
All right. Uh, I understand why the Killicks are upset her. And then what, I wonder what Carlos is talking to and telling him. Like, oh, you shouldn't. Have, oh, yeah, they're having a discussion. They're having a discussion right there. Speaking of Carlos, I heard that they were checking battery voltage at this race. Yeah, they always do. Yeah, but what sense does it make an e-buggy? It's not stock or anything like that. So you can't overcharge them, safety, lipo, I don't know. Okay, right. So there's Olowski, he just wins this. There's Matt, like, grabbing the trophy. The referee sits in there. He's like, oh, my God, (laughs) what should I do? (laughs) Yeah. I mean, what can you do? The damage has been done, right? And there we see there's Abdullah. Abdullah's not happy. He's not happy. And you're off getting a beer somewhere. You should be right up there getting all the full one one and all of this. And look at the x-ray guys. They're all smiling. They're like, <laughs> he didn't get it. <laughs> That's, <laughs> That's what it looks like. <laughs> oh, and Matt's like, all right, let's not have any controversy. Let's go over here and get him away. <laughs> look at Matt like Matt's like gets him over there to interview him. So, all right, you was her after this. What did you talk to the Kilix? I, I do feel bad for the Kilix. I will say this, right? We're joking about it, but I understand why they're upset. Hers, I, I like Orlowski too. I think he drove well to win this. But at the end of the day, I fully understand why Abdullah and the Kilix are pissed off. Yeah, of course. I mean, he was at that point, he was winning the Euros. Yep. So, yeah, he got taken out while he was in a position to win the Euros. Of course, you'd be mad. And that in itself, I don't think that sort of their actions had anything to do with what happened there. But the other circumstances which made it easier for this to happen this way, that is their doing because the other top guys don't want them to win because of their attitude. Was there any kerfuffle after this? Any type of kerfuffle? No, no, I don't think so. Come on, man. So I thought you had some accepted ac- their fate. Excellent. Yeah, I, I do feel for them. Um, they like like anybody else. Those guys put in a lot of hard work, right? Yeah, very the aggressive. Drove really well. He won yep. the first main. Was pressured. Uh, he was fighting to win the this last main too. So it you know, regardless of what anyone says, had he won, it would be fully deserved. But yeah, it didn't go that way. But that's racing, right? That's how it goes. Yeah, and, and even worse, he wasn't able to secure the vice championship. No vice championship. Because Bruno won the, first, won the last main, and with that win, so he even lost to Bruno. Champion. Yeah. That's why all the x-ray guys were smiling on him. Like, hey, yeah, hey, maybe. Either they were him. smiling because uh, uh, Burak didn't win, or they were smiling because they got yet another vice championship. One of the two. We know that X-Ray loves vice championships. Yeah, almost loves. more than real championships. Well, you are now probably a vice champion, more, so, so you would know all about that. But uh, I, I thought it was good. I enjoyed the A. I liked that the finals went on to three. I liked the LCQ. I liked the um, the format of everybody having a ten minute main, so it made it. You got lots of runtime. So I think maybe that's something... Three 10-minute mains. Three, sorry. Three 10-minute mains. Uh, and these Euros are getting more entries. Well, it's only one class too, right? So these Euros are getting way more more entries than the than the normal E-Nets in America that have four different classes. Well, they have... So they have E-Buggy, um, E-Truggy, 
mini truck and short course. They have four classes. Then I think they have a 40 plus or whatever. So I don't know what's going to have to happen for America and Raw to get better, better turnouts for their E-nets. But right now, Europe is beating. It was like 100 and let's see. Let's see. And this is just one class. So it's 137 participants and entrants in this race. So good start for the, I would say, for the 1-8 scale off-road Afro season. Uh, anything you want to talk about with Afra that, you know, I'm, I'm sure you have something to complain about or maybe something positive to say? No. Okay. So nothing has changed in your opinion. I did enjoy the coverage. It's good to see RC Racing TV back. Uh, it's been since the Worlds that we haven't seen them. So it's always good to see them back. Uh, I enjoyed Cocker's, Cockerel, Cockerel, Tom Cockerel's commentary. He sounds like Mr. Bean. <clears throat> and, um... I look forward to the rest of their, their, the Afro coverage that they do this year. And congratulations to uh, Michael Orlowski, Mikhail Orlowski. And I want to say Schumacher. Should we just go right into that too? Because that was the other big topic. Or should we save that for... It's just one of our questions. Huh? What? Just so kidding. let's just get into it, right? And then we'll go on to some questions. So everybody's like... Oh, so on our Discord, one guy said, "Yo, it's a it's a full Schumacher prototype, and it's going to be releasing it." You and I both know it's a Mugen with maybe some Kyosho shocks and some bitch from Schumacher. Same as their same as their eight scale nitro car was uh, at the Worlds. So let's iterate on that. On everybody thinking that Schumacher is actually coming out with a one eight scale. Uh, I don't know. I didn't see any Kyosho shocks, but I honestly didn't look that close. But it's a Mugen that they just modified. I heard it was a saddle pack layout and mm-hmm. maybe some own parts like uh, arm arm blocks, towers, stuff like that. But uh, it's a modified Mugen. So do you think that we're going to see Schumacher? Actually, I always think that Schumacher wouldn't be. I think it'll be actually yeah. n- not. I think it'll be full, foolish to get into the one eight scale market right now as a chassis manufacturer because it's a saturated, a saturated. Yeah, I, Area. I mean, I don't know, but not, I don't think anytime soon if they are. Right, right. Maybe in the future. They need, I think they're more focused on their 10 scale program, probably growing that in America as we're seeing carpet racing and astro racing growing in America. And I don't, you know, for all those people out there who are freaking out thinking that this is a full Schumacher Schumacher prototype, yes, it had some prototype one off parts that they made, but it was a million with some modification to it. That's what Max told me. You have confirmed it. Many people have confirmed it. I was just guessing about the Kyosho shocks. Someone told me that. But uh, I don't know. Maybe Schumacher wants to jump into that pool, but I wouldn't jump. As a manufacturer who's fairly successful in 10 scale, I wouldn't jump into the 1.8 scale pool. I mean, everybody's talking about this Sparko car that's coming out. Sparko, Sparko. So, uh, yeah, it's all good. Uh, Anything else you want to add to this before we go into some questions, JQ? No. So now that we know that you are a full e-buggy specialist, you've accepted your fate as an e-buggy specialist. Now we get to see. Now we get to see you be an e-truggy specialist or e-bruggy, as we're calling it, because it's not a truggy anymore. No. Yes. Anyway, thank you, JQ, for that. Congratulations to Mikhail Orlowski. Congratulations on winning the Euros. He's now a one-eighth European champion because he hasn't won this before. Um. And good job to him. I think he's good. I think he deserves it. A little. It was very controversial. I, I feel for the Killicks, but 
You know, when you're going to be, like you said, it's you reap what you sow. So it's unfortunate, you know. But Borak was on his on the verge of being a European champion. So a little bit upset. Little bit, I feel for him. I feel for him in that case. All right, JQ. So we have quite a few questions. We're not going to answer all of them because it's going to take too long. But the questions are brought to you by Invisible Speed and BTRC. And JQ, everybody's waiting for you to make a new, new, new freaking wow Invisible Speed ad, right? Because this one still has the... This one still has the offer from the Euros of Lasher, which is not available at this time. This is also brought to you by Beach RC. Thank you to Brent and Lucas for all that continued support. They have the RC Pro-Am coming up in August, our undercover uh, arena race. So check it out if you want to do that. We have an affiliate link in the... Uh, we have affiliate links for Invisible Speed, by the way, too, for the online course if you want to do that. And Beach RC, if you guys use that, it helps us out a lot. BeachRC.com, the racer's one-stop online hobby shop. Choose from all the popular brands and variety in stock with super fast shipping and great customer service. BeachRC.com still has the local hobby shop feel with all the benefits of the internet. BeachRC.com is the exclusive distributor for Ultimate Racing, JQ Racing, Pro Circuit Racing Tires, Nitro Lux Fuels, and Assault RC Performance Products. So fill up your cart and check out at BeachRC.com today. Thank you to BeachRC and Invisible Speed for their support. Uh, thank you all for the questions. Some of them are repetitive. We're not going to ask them all. But the first one off is pretty good, JQ. Uh, this, this person wants to be anonymous, and they said, uh, for JQ, a few buggies, including the Mayako, are coming out with bigger center discs. Should you use the same thickness in the diff oil when running a bigger diff compared to a more normal size disc? Is the advantage of a bigger diff uh, is that it stays more consistent over a longer race? Yeah, I think that the advantage is that it stays more consistent. And also, it's heavier, so it smooths out the sort of throttle response. Uh, so yeah, that's what I think that the advantages are. It's not, uh, I don't really think of it as being different as to what oil weight you run. So, so you should still run the yeah. same thickness of oil that you would run normally, or should you run thicker oil? Yeah, I would in... say so. Okay. I, I would, I would say so. It's not, it's not about that. It's about how long the oil lasts and, and the okay. actual weight of the diff smoothing down the drivetrain. More oil, longer lasting diff oil? Yes. Okay. All right. So we have a few Instagram questions, guys. If you haven't uh, followed us on Instagram, please go over to the NN at nnrcpodcast.com. We want to get up to 2K after I lost my Instagram about a year ago. Uh, but first one up is from Teddy, the one he goes, when am I going to photobomb you again? At Wiki Weekend. I'll see you there, Teddy. Mike Kaz, 
How do you see the style of RC tracks evolving in five years? Turf, jump shape, etc. I don't know, but I hope we don't end up with all of our off-road tracks being carpet or glue because it's... I, I personally think that we're going to see the glue or ceiling of a track become mainstream. It's just kind of inevitable. Like already. Yeah, but I mean, every track's going to want to be like that, right? Now, I will say this. I will say this. The Nationals track uh, was not sealed. It was very great. It was. It also had very high traction and whatnot. So that was different. But I, I personally think that that is the direction that these tracks are going to be going to because that's what people want, right? Um, how does Jessica... This is from Boss Ruter. He wants to know, how does how do you feel about Jessica Paulson beating you again? Well, we covered that. It was yes. strategic in order to remain... I'm sure it was. To remain... Uh, what, what's the word? Retired, yeah. Mm, okay. Mark Bruton asks about the no handshake incident. We had talked about that. John Wolf, why are the 20 hole pistons working so well for the N1 as opposed to the more traditional six, traditional six, eight, or 10 hole piston? And we have to, seem to have a guy that likes to answer these questions and doesn't understand that these are for you to answer or me to answer on the podcast. We um, didn't cover the no handshake. You just mentioned it. I don't know even what that's referring to. But I guess he means like uh, Barack not coming up to give. Orlowski a handshake. I would assume that. So I, I believe that all goes under. Yeah, I would be pissed off too if you crashed me out of the Euros. Yeah. And yeah, because the N1 has a very slow moving piston and uh, they will need a very different setup to, that will work. They need something that packs up a lot at low speed. They need to readjust because the shock is working in a different range to the other sort of normal uh, shocks. Okay. That's your answer? That's it? That's Omar it. O. I don't know if they found it yet. Omar O. He wants to know, if Jake, you can give me a, a few options on how to mellow down initial steering. I believe he runs uh, TLR. I have a whole video on it, I believe, on my YouTube mm-hmm. channel. So, yeah, just go and check out the YouTube channel. And there's a video on the TLR and C-Hub cars, pillowball cars, and all of that. Go give him three quick options, real quick. Quick options. Um, Ackerman is really good. So if you can adjust it on the hub, moving the link in uh, inwards. So longer plate, shorter link. You'll have less initial steering, smoother. Initial steering. You can, uh, for example, he said he's running a TLR. I believe, yeah, he's running TLR. Narrow hex will also smooth out steering. Uh, you can also raise the link on the tower. If your problem is also flipping off the track, that's going to help smooth out initial steering and also reduce the risk of uh, traction rolling or rolling if you clip a corner or something. So there's a few. Yeah, there's good explanation there on my YouTube channel. All right. So I I was geeking out over this with um, 
at the Nationals because Ty was the only person that was running Alexia Ming, which was 30 grams lighter. And he was running the only person running the low profile heads on a very high traction track. Uh, now with these, this Chase, El- Chase Elric asked me about that because I mentioned it so much as a joke. But I want to ask you, are we going to, with these tracks becoming way more high traction, are we going to see that come back? Like that lighter Lexan wing, which seemed to work very good for him, and that low center gravity head uh, as well. Yeah, I think so, because the higher the grip, the smoother the tracks, the faster the tracks, the, the more obvious the benefit of a low center of gravity is. So the more difficult, loose, bumpier track is, the less obvious that benefit is. Okay. Um, so the higher higher grip, smoother, faster, then I think we will see manufacturers focus more on lowering the center of gravity, CG. making light lighter cars in general. Yeah, I think so. All right. Jeff G, what's up, homie? He wants to know, we already covered this, but maybe you want to just Ask answer this. He asks, "What's JQ's take on Ronald Falk's tire choice? Would there be, would there be better results if a reputable tire manufacturer?" Well, I think initially, yes. I think it's hard to argue against that. But I also believe that they have, you know, Ongaro and Ronald Falk, two world champions. They are going to figure it out, and then it's going to be a non-issue. I agree with you. Tyler Stratton wants to know, when is the Mayako e-truggy coming out? I think first you would want to release the e-buggy. Yeah, first e-buggy and truggy and then e-truggy, but there's no plan right now. No. Truggy has to come first. Bruggy has to come first. Shane Sprinkle, what truggy fuel tank will work in the MX-8? No idea. I don't know. Evan Crichton, he may, maybe you know something about this. He says, I have a rational answer as what? Should I see a doctor? I would say so. Might have swamp butt too. Um, did you want to give uh, Evan any advice on his rational below? No. Okay. Guy Wright, please explain the effects of moving the rear inner arm hinge pin up and down and what conditions you would run it in high or low. Example, two degrees anti-squat high above the chassis or two degrees anti-squat low, close to the chassis? I think that that setting is very powerful. Even though it does change the roll center, I think the important thing is how it affects how the forces are traveling through the car. So when you lower the arm on the inside, if you look at that end of the car, you can imagine that you lower it enough, it's almost like a V-shape. So when the car rolls, it will want to roll downwards. If the arms are higher, you could think that uh, the arms are perfectly horizontal. And then if you raise it, then, then the arm would, it's like an A-shape. So the inside of the arm is higher. And then if the car wants to roll, it would roll up. So... Of course, the car isn't static, so in a corner, the car will be in a particular uh, position. When you move that up or down, you will affect the stiffness of, of the rear end in that moment. Does the car want to stay more level? Does it want to roll down, or does it want to roll up? Uh, half a mil change 
is already noticeable with this setting. So it's really precise, this adjustment. When you lower the arm on the inside, you have more overall grip, less initial grip. The car has less support on power. I would say that if you have a problem with the rear traction of power, then try lowering the arm because it's the safer setting. You'll have more consistent traction. Then if you have an issue with the rear grip on power, uh, let's say on a high, higher speed section on the track when you're getting on power, the rear is unstable, maybe you don't have enough support. So just raising the rear arm on the inside will make the car more stable because on power, it supports it more. Rear, tri uh, rear end grips feels consistent and safe, and you can push the car. So that's kind of how I would uh, describe that. Segwaying into, because we have another question about anti-squat, would that, from Kevin Mendez, would that also uh, be a more effective, what would be more effective for a rough or bumpy track? He's running a Mayako, too. Well, I mean, it's just what I explained. So <laughs> both can go through the bumps well. It's what you need. Is it? Mm -hmm. Are you having a trouble with rear-end traction or not of power? That's one way of uh, determining where you should go. Off okay. power, if you have an issue, lower the rear arm. On power, if you have an issue, raise the rear arm. Tebow likes to talk about this with uh, regard to... On a loose track, he raises the arm and feels like he has more power. I mean, more power, more grip. And when we were talking about this, he sort of disagreed because I said, uh, if if you have trouble mid-corner, for example, with rear-end traction, then try lowering the rear arm. And he said, well, I always feel like I have more grip when you raise it. Well, that's because you have to determine between on and off power. You have to determine between initial and overall grip. For most drivers... They want a car that is comfortable and consistent and has good overall grip. For the top drivers, they want a car that responds and grips when they are on power, and they control it with the throttle a lot. So when you raise the rear arm, you have, in, you have more initial grip, more pressure on the tire initially, so you feel more in control of the car. But then as a lesser driver, you would be mid-corner, not controlling the car, and you spin out. You know, so it's... It's the same effect, but you have to understand what's going on. That's why I break it down to on and off power. So Tebow likes to raise the arm on a loose track, feels he has more grip because the car has more initial grip. He gets some power that the car grips, but he drives it within what, that, uh, uh, what the car gives him, what the car is okay. capable of. Okay. Yeah. I actually have a question about Tebow and our hot race, hot lap section coming up after this. Taylor DeLosa. When tuning spring shock springs in on US style tracks, what are you looking for? What are you looking at to determine a spring is too too stiff? I don't know. We don't have springs that are too stiff. Just kind of run the <laughs> springs. No, no, he's trying he's tr in general. I think he's looking at a in general question. How do you know how do you determine a spring is too stiff for a, a track? Uh, I think maybe the fact that you wouldn't see any real chassis movement 
like the car would just feel like a plank going around the track mm -hmm, it's mm -hmm. not diving or rolling or squatting or doing anything so you yeah, you kind of want to see the car move a bit on the track yeah uh paul mcdowell the mx8 has been out for a while now is there going to be a kit update soon and there was an answer to that by the same person who was answering all the questions uh well the basic car will remain the same for the foreseeable future now but we have more sort of member parts and more options that members uh will have down okay. the update sort of already happened with the uh, through hinge pins with not, uh, secured screw type hinge pins that capture the arm blocks that al already happened for the ec kit and uh, some some regional kits that were released earlier so yeah so this year and next year we'll have the same kit yeah he uh um all right so we have a few youtube questions one is from jcj new to the podcast and really enjoy it not sure if this fits this for this episode but interested in hearing what a typical non-race day is like for a pro from wake up to end of day e.g practice schedule sponsor teams meetings other contract obligations general planning i think that goes from pro to pro but i think a lot of them might be just I, I I can't speak for all of them. Maybe I'll ask one. We've I've asked them before, but the next time I have a pro drive on her, I'll ask them what a typical day is. Uh, any you want to enlighten anybody on that, JQ? I don't think it's as coordinated as people think it is. Yeah, it's but not I, very coordinated. I mean, a, a person like Robert or maybe Ronna Falk, who have to do the NPC meetings and stuff like that, rent sessions and stuff like that, and more social media is a good example of that. Yeah, I mean, it's a lot easier than what people maybe think or expect. Okay. Yeah, I don't think they're like out there, you know, doing a whole bunch of executive stuff like people think they are. I think they kind of just try to do normal stuff on their days off. All right, RC, great channel. How you doing? He's uh, He says, I've decided my next car instead of e-truggy will be a nitro buggy. At the end of the year, he's torn between the Mugen MBX-8R and the Kyosho MP10 platform. His question is, which would work better for Southeast US, US tracks where the temperatures and humidity is pretty high and the surface are mildly bumpy? What was the question? <laughs> Stop zoning. Are you? Is it hot there or something? Are you getting hot? Yeah, you know what it is. You That's have why not I told you that we should have been done by this time already. Well, you know what your your gear didn't want to work, right? And then we spent nothing like, to do oh, with my gear. Yes, it is. I was here on time. No. For once, you had to wait for me. Yeah, I did. Now you know how it feels. Yeah, you need to complain about something. That will get you riled up, right? Complain. He wants to know which. He's torn between the Mugen MBX-8R and the Kyosho MP10 platforms. He lives in the southeast. It's very high temperature with high humidity, and the surfaces are mildly bumpy. What platform do you suggest for him? I suggest you go on my YouTube channel and watch the Kyosho versus Mugen video. See how versus Pillarball, and you'll understand, and you can make an informed decision. There you go. But he's kind of just going off temperature. And mildly bumpy. It doesn't matter. It's irrelevant what the tracks I'm are. I'm just like. saying that's his question. Yeah. It doesn't matter. Okay. Watch that video. You'll understand the difference. 
between the Mugen and the Kyosho, and you can figure out which one you would prefer for your driving style of preference because they are distinctly different. Yeah, and you know what? Or you nah, get you the should... Mayako and you have both in one kit. There, you, I knew you was going to plug the Mayako at some point. Uh, Case Edwards, pros and cons of going to a higher clutch bell, run the en- engine richer, higher speeds, better for large track, also fan of all rides. I don't think many people go up above a... When was the last time you used a 14-tooth clutch bell? Like, if it's we're assuming funny. that... Back in the day, I feel that we changed that a lot more. Yes. 13, 14, 15. Now it's like everyone just seems Runs to 13. run a 13, it seems. Yeah, yeah. It's with more power. That's the thing about it. More power, lighter cars, and we're still running a 13. Yeah, I you don't would know. think when it would I be opposite. I tested that. I lose runtime when I go to the bigger clutch belt. M- maybe because you're in throttle more? Yeah, maybe. I don't know. But uh, yeah, it's. It's funny. I don't really change that much either. We have different main gears, and I change that. So smaller on a bigger track and bigger on a Is that more of a less of a, a finer change? Yeah, less. Okay, of a I was about to say that. So, like, considering yeah. if you go up to a fourteen compared to going up from a forty-eight to a forty-nine on this spear, yeah, it's much it's smaller a, change. Yeah. Okay. Got you. Uh, thoughts on Schumacher's prototype buggy? We've already talked about that. Gregory Johnson, I got a non-Euros question. I've been out of the hobby for a long time. When I stopped racing, NIMH batteries were were just coming on. With those batteries came crazy charging and discharging rituals, only running them once a week. With today's LiPo technology, how many times can I run a battery in a day? Back in those days, I raced six to eight packs on a race day. How is it now? What do you think? How many batteries did you take to the Euros, J.K.? I didn't even have batteries. Actually, I, I had, but I knew they didn't go 10 minutes, so I borrowed some. I could do the mains. I think that battery technology, like you can run them as much as possible as long as you let them cool down. Yeah. Yeah. It's so much better than before. You don't really have to yeah. worry that much. So if if you have, for example, two batteries, that's enough. You just you know alternate between them, and you can run a lot. Yeah, it's good. It's so much easier these days. All right. Uh, last YouTube question. For the dudes that actually are sponsored and winning these large races, does it even matter which brand they run? Uh, would someone like Fen min- win no matter what the brand they run? And he, he goes on to be a little bit more specific. And he says, like Ryan Mayfield, dominated before he switched to take to Techno and is continued to... And, well, he's not continued to dominate on the Nitro Buggy side of things. In Truggy, yes. Uh, basically, he's asking to these. So I, I don't think that Brian Mayfield's dominating on Nitro Buggy. I mean, he he didn't win the Nationals. He wasn't, you know, he he won he won DNC. He didn't win DNC. He didn't win Silver State. So he was winning all these races before. I think that having the right chassis brand is actually more ben, more needed on a professional level, in my opinion. What would you think about that? Would you agree with that? Uh, in a way, but it's more a case of that it's more important to have a setup that suits you and fits you and how you want to drive. So where most people, they don't even really know how they drive. They just need a very safe sort of wide working range setup that you can probably get on most cars out there. And then that's it. They, they'll be good. In in many ways, that top guys 
their requirements are more specific. So it's they it's not a case that they can just pick up anything and win. Yes, they can win against you making that comment uh, because you aren't a pro driver. But when they go against equal skill level drivers, they can't win with just anything. They need right. a car that's good, tires that are good, car that's set up to their requirements, and then they can win. You know, so it matters at the top. But it's not a case that. Mayfield can win with Mugen, but he can't win with Techno. It's it's not quite that simple. Uh, he would have to work on the Techno and figure out the setup he needs to be able to win. With some brands, it, it's easier than with others to mm-hmm. figure mm-hmm. those things out. I, I believe that to be true. But yeah, these top guys, uh, most, most of the cars out there now, or maybe all, they can make them work for themselves. But right. They have to Everybody can be fast, right? But it's to be competitive yeah. against your other competitors. That's the hard thing. And that's where yeah. you need to be perfectly in tune with your chassis, right? We can look yeah. at Fend. Fend has come out in the last two years, right? Come out like where he's comfortable with his package. He's winning races, but there's many years where he wasn't. And the thing is, it's how fast that these, I agree with you, how fast these drivers figure it out. And I think it's much more detrimental because everybody's figuring it out and fast. So, um, yeah, it's not just like, I mean, everybody says these guys could go with, with a shoe, with a, a shoe box on wheels. No, that's not true. It's, it's, they need a good car. They need what they need out of a car. Sorry. That's a better statement. They need what they need out of a car. Um, couple questions here. I don't know if you'd be able to answer this, but one is from Nathaniel Davis. He wants to know what effect is putting dimples on the teardrop of the exhaust port of a nitro engine. He says, please see EB Mods post. I haven't looked at EB Mods post. I, I am yeah, not a I don't know. I'm not an engine manuf- I'm not an engine modif- modif- modifier. I don't know how much I believe in that. I mean, I know people do it. I I, I don't know if all of that's really I think maybe modifying an engine to get more um to get more runtime is more effective than anything. That might what that that's about. But I think that engine modern stuff is more for the on-road side of RC. Would you agree there? I mean, I'm sure it affects off-road too. I, I don't know what you're talking about there, though. But Yeah, I would have to look at it. Asking I didn't look at it. Yeah, I'm not. A, we're not engine modifiers. Modifier. Maybe I should get an engine modifier on her and talk about it. The basement. David Bowman, he wants to know, does a dent in pipe make a nitro engine untunable? Normally, no, but you can. I still haven't got an answer for this. Why a pipe can make an engine flame out full throttle? Still don't know why. I've had bad pipes. Really? Don't know what happens? Yeah, maybe yeah. something's uh, something, something's wrong in there. And Tom Franquito, he wants to know how can three different people drive the same nitro car and get different mileage? I think it's pretty simple. It's this. Yeah, how they use the throttle, that's it. Like like three different people can drive the same full-scale car and get completely different fuel mileage. It all comes down to your throttle finger. Pretty simple. Pretty simple. All right, thank you guys all for the questions. Actually, that that Nathaniel, uh, your, Nathaniel, your question about the trip drop has actually piqued my interest. I will, uh, I will talk to it. I actually got in contact with the guy from EB Mods 
and find out what's going on with that. Thank you guys for all the questions. We greatly appreciate it. Uh, we didn't answer all the questions because that would take too long. And as you can see, this guy's losing interest already because he hasn't started complaining yet. Uh, and you know, we want a complaining JQ is a happy JQ. So you hopefully know what we can I'm actually doing? I'm, you're uh, doing. You're interrupting me right now. What? But go ahead. Go ahead. Tell us what you're actually doing. I am making some setups for uh, Alex Hogberry to try because we're working on some content for the on road portion of Invisible Speed. Yes. He'll be testing these next few days. So I'm making some setups for him to try. I actually might meet Alex uh, in December. Okay. So we'll see. Uh, All right. Shout out to Alex as well. He's an NRC driver. Okay, JQ. Uh, that's enough questions. Thank you for answering. Thank you, everybody, for um, asking them. Next week will be Max's turn to ask answer questions. I think, JQ, we're going to do a live. We should do a live next week, JQ. It's been a while since we've done a live. Let's let's make a plan for a live. Um, I'll contact you and find out when you're free. I know you're busy doing a lot of stuff, so I would appreciate it. And, you know, it's been a long time since we had some fun on a, on a live show. Uh, we're going to go on to the hot race. Hot lap section. This section is brought to you by Hot Race Tires. Thank you to Nicola for all his support. Uh, congratulations to Hot Race. I believe they won the um, e-buggy Euros, right? Bruno yeah. was on. Yeah. So that's three big wins, and they Bruno did pretty did well at win. the nationals, huh? All right, they didn't Bruno win. Didn't win. Burak was on. Um, what was what was? Burak uh, didn't win either. Right. Yeah. See, I'm all lost. Olovsky won. For fuck's sake. I know. Yeah, he was running hot race. Okay, see? Right. Yeah. Hot race. Bruno also. Hot hot race TQ'd. Sorry. Sorry, Olowski. Sorry, Punisher. I know you won. I do apologize to you and all of Poland. What are we going to watch now? Oh, my. Is this another? You are just obsessed with your view. Okay. This this is a better view. It's probably going to be janky because look at it. Oh, my. Like, was this filmed on 240p? No, it's perfectly fine for me. Why don't you upload it, man? I have seen. I need upload. Have we have we gone back to like nineteen, like nineteen ninety nine or two thousand when camera two thousand and four when camera phones first started? Is this from a flip phone? Is this no, a video from a flip phone? I'll up- upload it here to StreamYard. Oh gosh, you and your template. janky, janky. Oh, Europe, we have so much better internet. Obviously and not where yeah, you live. You the, have shitty internet. My office is in the middle of the forest. Yeah, that's not. A, hey, that sounds like an excuse to me, JQ. Yeah, you sounds know like this an is ex- an excuse of a podcast. Can we be done now? No, we ain't done. No, see, now you're getting fired up. You're starting to complain, right? If you're 240p, no, 144p. No, warm here. The sun is shining here. It's like over 30 degrees. Oh my god! Getting there. It's so it's like, yeah, it's Finland reverse as it gets night, as it gets later in the day, it gets hotter. Come on. Back no, it's just because the sun shines on this. Anyway, gather your thoughts. I'm going to get a drink. Gather my thoughts. Anyway, as this miserable guy goes off and gets a drink, I'll have a swig of water. But we are going on to the hot race, hot lap section brought to you by hot race tires. Thank you to Nicola for all his support. It was good to chat to him at the nationals. I know he's pretty. He didn't get a win at the nationals, but he's very happy about the second place of Jared Tebow and the fourth place of Jared Tebow as well. 
Uh, they have won Silver State here recently. They just won the Euros. Uh, they also won IBC. They've won Carlos Canas. And Hot Race Tires are turn, are one of the number one brands of tires in the world. And uh, if you guys can go to Hot Race Tires, purchase them, tell them about it. You heard it on the No Name RC podcast. It would greatly help us out. And we appreciate it. And this is the Hot Lap section, JQ. I'm going to ask you a few questions. These are meant to put you on the spot. And you're going to ask me a few. My first question will be to you. Actually, it's two questions. So your thoughts on Jarrett Tebow's performance at the Nationals. Um, what am I supposed to say? Like just one word or a few words? or No, no, you can. We'll let you explain it. But just as long as you don't go on for 10 minutes. Uh, I think better than fourth place. I think he could have got second too, personally, but had some crashes. In he the got end. fourth, right? Yeah. He was yeah. better than fourth. He was better than fourth. Yeah. And I think he knows that too, but I think fourth is a good finish for him. Yeah. I thought fourth was a good finish. All right. Continuing on Tebow. What are your thoughts? Did you so going back to when you signed Tebow or when Tebow joined Mayako back at the beginning of 2023? Did you think that Tebow would be the top Mayako driver going into this going into June of this year? Because he pretty much is. He's at the best results as a Mayako driver this year. Uh yes, but I mean he yes, yes and no. I mean the nationals was good. Mm-hmm. DNC, DNC he was, was the best, good. but it's a shame he had the uh, issue in the main because I still think he he would have been in it that yeah. battle. Yeah, I think he could have been that second. Would have been amazing. Like, if that could have, if that would have happened, then I would be like, yeah, yeah, definitely. But yeah, but he still has had the best results as a Mayako driver this year. Out of your three yes. top drivers, yeah, I would say so. Nationals fourth is really good. Best of them at the NC. Yeah, it's true. Well, not not just that. Um, I thought he was like very good. All nationals, you know, very good. He was confident. He had confidence. Yeah, yeah. That, so he was very good to see. Uh, he's off to divisions race this weekend. Visions race yeah. coming up this weekend, JQ. Um, what do you think about that? No thoughts. No they vision ex- about the visions did- race. Oh my gosh! All right, they did make it bigger, by the way. So okay, uh, just saying that. Um, all right. E-buggy Euros. Not Nitro. E-buggy Worlds. A bigger stage, but still not Nitro. E-buggy development after the Worlds. Just kill off E-buggy. No, that's not going to happen, Jakey. You're a specialist in E-buggy, so, you know, that's not going to happen. Uh, what's next race for JQ? That I race? Mm-hmm. 40 plus euros. Uh, where's that to? Austria. When is it? September. Okay. Uh, 10 scale worlds. Shit show with slicks and no additive, I heard. Okay. One eighth... Afro Nitro Euros in Radovan. Apparently, there's only one track in the world. 
<laughs> um, Pekko Ivanen. Happy guy. Happen? What did you say? Happy guy. I said. No, but I, okay. Here's a better story. What do you see in Pekko? I think he has the. He has enough talent, which is always an ingredient that is needed. Okay, mm-hmm. so he has enough talent to, if he puts in the work, he can be a superstar, like a top level driver. He really can. Okay, he has. I think the good thing is that from a young enough age, he raced a lot of different stuff: on road, off road, electric, nitro. So he has learned to adapt. His driving, so he has a wide uh, skill set, I would say, and okay. also his attitude is sort of positive and happy, and not too stressed. Stressed, and uh, yeah. So, if he really enjoys it and and you know keeps on wanting to put in a lot of effort, then he'll have a bright future. And he's young. He's what eighteen, nineteen. Uh, 19, I think. He's in the army. And I like that he he bullies you around. You're scared of him. You know, he's very big. He can manhandle you. <laughs> yeah, it's that's part of that sort of attitude, you know. That you because I know have. you. You don't put your time into somebody unless you actually see potential and they pay attention. And I think that him able to tell you it's shit or it's okay and you guys were at finished talk <laughs> helps, you, helps you understand yeah. that. Like when you say it's shit, you give no context to it. When he says it's shit, you can't understand it. All right, here's my final question. Dakota fan, best all-round off-road race in the world right now? Uh, no. Why? Because he wins in America? Look, the dominance that Fender is showing, he, did, he just lapped the entire field at the Nationals. Not just slow guys. He lapped the entire field. He would have won Troggy too. He's been very dominant. You cannot... You cannot say that he was also yeah, one see, of the fastest guys at the world. Yeah, but America isn't the world. That's the I difference. get that. But right now, tell me who is just as good as him in 8-scale Nitro, E-Buggy, and 10-scale. Give me one European. So That can go to any race scale, and probably win it. Come on, let's be truthful. For 10-scale, there is no one else. Uh, I'm trying to think who races... That's why I said all around racer. No, no, I I don't think so. We if we to be able to have like a serious conversation like this, these guys need to race each other more. I they agree. Really do. I agree. Yeah. I agree. And Americans uh, need to race in Europe. I agree with that too. That's yeah. why we want them to come over to IBC, right? So at least we can get them over there. But yeah. but let's be realistic. Right now, you can put Fan pretty much anywhere, and he is a contender to win. Like, yeah, I, I would agree with that statement. Yeah, so he could have come IBC and he could win it. He could have been at this race, e buggy Euros, and he could have won it. He yeah. can he he goes into uh, even though he didn't go to the warm up, he goes into the ten scale worlds as one of the favorites to win it. So you know, Probably, I think. Yes. I think if it's on carpet, I think if it's on Astro, I think if it's on 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 dirt, he can win it. 
And I think that makes him the best all-around racer at the moment. Off-road racer. Yeah, I don't agree with that. Of course you don't, because you're European and you want a European to be that. But guess what? It isn't. No, because I can can make... Yeah, but I can make an argument. uh, Okay, so Orlowski can probably beat him on carpet. So let's say this way. Fenn uh, goes to carpet championships, right? And him and Orlowski. Who are you picking? I don't know. They're both equally capable. Right. But then you take Orlowski and he goes to AMS and runs Nitro. Who are you picking out of him and Fenn? I would pick Fenn at that race. Okay. So at the Worlds, 10 scale Worlds in America on clay, Orlowski versus Fenn. Um, I would pick Fenn. Exactly. So he is the best all-around racer in, in, in the world at this point. So let's just cut that argument off. It is not a Europe. It's not a European. It is not a European. As much as I like the European drivers, Fenn is the best all-around racer. Do you think he is the number one? He right now in the top twenty-five. He is the number one racer. Do you think he is the number one racer in the world? He's number one now on top twenty-five. Yes. Results-wise, he's number one because he's had the most best results this year. If he went from this year, if he just Angaro hasn't won every big race he's been to this year. Fend, the only race that Fend lost that's big so far has been um, DNC. And he had it in the bag, but he lost it. Yeah. The guy is the best yeah. on off-road racer at the moment, JQ. Like, just admit it. Admit that yeah, Bartholomew, the, the you know Bartholomew. <laughs> the problem is that he races... In America, on American tracks against Americans, okay? And then some Europeans go over to America and races him on the American tracks. And then you're like, yeah, he, he wins, so he's, he's the best. But then, yes, he came over t- to the Worlds in Europe. Mm-hmm. And he didn't win, but he was fast. Yeah, he had mm-hmm. the, I think he had the fastest lap in the main. Mm-hmm. And he was competitive, okay? Mm-hmm. But... From when the LCQ, Europeans go to America. Also, normally they are also competitive. Like if the worlds are in America, they will also be competitive. So I agree. It's, if if you flip this around and you the majority of but you can't give me one European that you can no can, no can go to any track and be competitive. I think that right now, Fan can go to DNC. He can go to he didn't win Silver State. Sorry, he he was in the lead at Silver State. I think that Fan could go to any track in the world and win right now. Any track. I mean, and there is no, would, there is no European right now that can do that. In my opinion, come on, you have to. Don't be biased because you're European. No, do not being be biased. realistic. Like, you're, if, I'm being realistic. If, Look, if Fen went to if Fen went to Philippine Masters, I think he could win. If Fen went to IBC, I think he could have win. Angaro, as much as I like him, if he goes to DNC, I don't think he can win. Rana Falk, right now. Ronald Falk, who I thought could win at any track right now, I don't know if he's at that level. I'm talking about right now, at this very moment. Not yesterday or last year. I'm talking about now. Not He left all his peers. All of them. All of guys who we consider best in the world. Ryan Mayfield, he lapped him. Lapped him. See, you can't. See, it's me and bias European. 
He is the best all-around racer in the world right now. He can go to carpet. He can go to clay. He can go to any eight-scale track, and he can win. Yeah, maybe you're right. You know, at this moment, at maybe this at this moment, moment, it's true. The but like the problem is. Oh my gosh! We need Jesus. to see the problem is there's no European baseball. for you to brag about right now. No, really, like we really do. Because we really do need these. Like, we do. We do need them to come over to Europe. So here's no, no, the thing. We, because here's the point. We just see Europeans go over for like DNC one race, and when then we say like, yeah, in America, Ontario <clears> can't be competitive. They go to Silver State too. They go to Silver State, okay. but I don't think the result would have been different. Yeah, but but Maybe. it was full of fucking one Silver State. That's okay? true. I forgot That's, about that. Yeah. yeah. So my point is, if if it was sort of biased in the way that that Americans would come to Europe to do more races, you would feel different. Because if Fend went to Montpellier and finished seventh, you would be like, oh, he can't go to Europe and be competitive. If he you went to Montpellier point, like, and finished seventh, I'd be impressed with him because the last American that went to Montpellier didn't make it out of the quarterfinals, and he was on fire at that yeah, point. But this is my point, that if that was the case, then your view would be, Ah, uh, Fend can't be competitive in Europe because he went to Montpellier and finished seventh. Because no, my you're view taking like a my view wouldn't be that. It's... My view wouldn't be that. If Fend no, went to Montpellier, this is reality. Yeah, if Fend went to Montpellier, I still pick him to win. Uh, I just I wouldn't really. That but, that would be that would be that is a very hard. If race that to was win. the case, if that was the case, like he could come to Montpellier or he could come to some. Like, uh, what's another sort of very IBC? Euro style? Well, IBC is like a US track. Yeah, yeah, that's true. I'm talking that's about true. like a very Euro style. How about this track event. they just had the Worlds at? That the Euros at? Yeah, well, well okay. There, like, I if, think you can win. We had, DNC is like the hardest race to go to as a non-American to do well. So then uh, direct comparison on the other side would be to go to Montpellier. That's my opinion. That's that's like that's fair. comparable. That's fair. And I just think that uh if you take Fend and put him in Montpellier, then he's not going to win. Okay? okay? Okay. So, I can respect that. I agree with the fact if you t- put in 10th scale also and you say just in general off-road, so 10th scale and 8th scale and you combine that, then yes, you're probably right. There's no one else who can uh, match that. Olovsky can match him in 10 scale, but can't match him in 8 scale. Maybe uh, Ongaro Kanas or Ronefalk can match him in uh, 8 scale, but then they can't match him in 10 scale. So in that sense, if you combine the two classes, I agree with you, yes. But if we are just looking at 8 scale and you say that, then I say we our sample size is too small. Mm-hmm, he mm-hmm. races Americans in America and he is dominating. That's true. But if you look at Europe, you can say it about, I don't know, Kanas. like Ongaro, Ongaro or Kanas. Like, yeah, they are racing in Europe against Europeans and they are dominating, you know? And then you don't have him coming to Montpellier. So you don't have that. You don't know what would happen, but you have the Europeans going to DNC. You say, oh, Fenn beat them there. So he's the best. That's kind of my point. Well, here's what I think must happen. We need to see more of the Americans coming over to Europe. Montpellier would be a great race. I think IBC would be a great race. I know they won't do Montpellier. Uh, and then I would like to see the Europeans come over to some different races in the USA. AMS, 
I like to see him go PNB, even though I know you don't agree with it, but I would like to see him go PNB. They go Silver State. That's cool. But definitely, I think it's time for... I know that people say, oh, it's too expensive. Well, the Europeans come over, right? So I would definitely vouch that we see maybe two races, just two. I know it's not it's not that difficult to have two races where we see a contingent of the Americans come over and race. Uh, IBC should be one of them. And what would... Okay, what would be the second race then? Buggy Leon, maybe? Um, maybe like Philippine Masters in Asia could be good. You know? Okay, so that would be like neutral. That would be like a neutral ground. I think that would be good too. Yeah, Philippine Masters, IBC in Europe, maybe Buggy Land in America, maybe AMS. Uh, Yeah, there's a number of races that that could potentially be good. A Wicked Weekend, it's under a roof. Which I'll be attending here at the end of July. Yeah, Kind of hard in the middle of summer for Europeans though, because they're in full, full race mode there. So, but yeah. all good. Um, I just think we need to really focus on making that happen. And for all the people out there that keep saying, it's going to cost this much money to do this, well, the Europeans come over and the Americans can go over too. And I think right now, Fend is such, his package is so good. Well, here's another question. Do you think the addition of Bartholomew Baker has really benefited Fenn and helped him get to that next level? I think so. Probably ha- held him back and delayed his rise to the top. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh poor barry i'm sure he's gonna have an answer for that all right i guess you don't have any hot race hot lap questions for me that kind of went off on a tangent but uh thank you to hot race for all their support jq thank you for your time today i know it's getting hot there in finland uh i don't yeah. want you to melt like a pop like the snowflake that you are guess what what up did you see it now yes it was very clear it was good quality was that from the was that from the first one that you showed that or that's first name first lap yeah okay very good i'm sure we'll see this i'm sure we will see this video played over and over for the next every podcast that you come on because it's your one shining moment of of being an e-buggy specialist. Um, JQ, uh, we need to do a live next week. It's been a long time. We need to do a live. Get some super chats going. Get some questions going. We're going to do it about six, seven EST. So you're going to have to be up. You're going to have to give me one of them them uh, all-nighters. You know, I'm going to need you to be hopped I up. I do on my uh, YouTube lives on Thursdays on my channel. Yes. Okay, let's plug your YouTube lives. But we're so much better when it's us together. You know, oh, okay. it's much more fun. But we haven't done one in a long time. I haven't done a live in a long time. So I think it's time we do one. All right. So next week we're doing one. You just tell me the day and time. Actually, it has to be a decent time because we want to get a bunch of viewers in. So I don't care if you hopped up on Red Bull and vodka, but we're going to do one. Maybe not just, you know, red more Red Bull than vodka. Uh, anything you want to reiterate before we close out here? Uh, no. All right. Well, with that said, everybody, this comes. This is the conclusion of this week's podcast, episode 240. Uh, thank you, JQ, for your time, the e-buggy specialist. Congratulations to Mikhail Arlowski on his 1-8 scale Efra e-buggy Euros win. We look forward to the rest of the Euros win, Euros races coming up this weekend. Good luck to everybody at Visions this weekend. I look forward to watching the coverage of that. 
And of course, the following week after that, we have the Italian race, which I was trying to go to, but I don't think it's going to happen. It's at Busago, as Ospi team, and it's got pretty much all the top European guys going there. So it's a good race. It'll have coverage, but it won't be in English because I won't be there. And I know Ma was trying to get me there, but just didn't work out. Uh, thank you for that. Maybe next year I'll be at that race. And next week we have a cool guest. And then after the Italian race, I'm scheduled for a very cool guest. I think his first real podcast interview. So that should be good. Uh, he is a two-time world champion. I'm just going to let that out of the bag. Uh, and uh, hopefully he comes on. He said he'll do it after the Italian race. So I'm happy about that. And yeah, I just want to say um, once again, our condolences go to the North Cow RC community, Amen community as well on the passing away of Kevin Jalek. It really hit me uh, by surprise. You know, just saw this man, just interviewed him, and then he passed away like a week after I saw him. So I really, our heart, my my condolences, my heart go out to them guys. So I got, I'm glad I got to meet him before he passed away. He was very passionate about his RC. He was passionate about his track. He built a great nationals track with great um, a great surface and another RC person gone too soon that's like four of them that i have in the last month and a half that have passed away so very sad about that you know jeff berlin passed away too you remember jeff from well you never probably met him but um i'm sure he messaged you a few times and unfortunate about that so our condolences go to the norcal rc family as well as the a main family on the loss of kevin jellick great dude gone too soon uh and uh yeah may he rest in peace thank you to uh uh, all of the NNRC squad around the world. We cannot do this without you. Thank you for the continued support. Uh, join us next week as we go live. Join JQ as he goes live on his on his YouTube channel as well next week. Uh, pr- honestly, if you guys can, hit that like, hit that sub, hit that notification button, leave a comment, share this. If you're listening to us on an audio-only platform, please leave a comment or review. Share that. It greatly helps us out. Thank you to all the patrons of the NNRC. You guys will get early release as well as the YouTube members. If you like what we're doing here at the NNRC, you want to help out a little bit extra, uh, there's a link for the Patreon and YouTube membership in the uh, written description of this podcast. And of course, we cannot do this without sponsors or companies that support us. They are Invisible Speed. And we want to say thank you to all of these companies. They are Invisible Speed, High Tech RC. Congratulations. I think they officially celebrated their 50th uh, birthday this week. Sun Pedal USA, Sidewinder Fuel, Hot Race Tires, Mayako, Beach RC, Techno RC, Clinic RC, Ignite Design RC, Racecraft USA. Shout out to Carl RC. Shout out to my boy Danny Paz at WRCE. Uh, the floor also to Lance and his crew at the Florida RC Championships. I'll be there for the last two races, it looks like. Uh, House of RC. And uh, shout out to RCGP. Uh, some stuff was coming up on my time feed about RCGP. It's such a shame that we don't have it this year. And um, <clears throat> thank you to our drivers, David Ronafolk, Jared Tebow, Robert Batty, and Alexander Hagberg. We greatly appreciate that. JQ, thank you for your time. I greatly appreciate it. Nitro is the glory. E-Buggy pays the bills. I'm sure JQ has something rude to say at this point. Hasn't paid my bills. It he is the e buggy specialist, and that said, Lefty and JQ Rupert Pumpernickels, we're out of her. See you guys later. Thank you. From now on, you'll refer to me as vice champion, vice champion Rupert Pumpernickels. Very happy about that. Vice champion Rupert going for a full. uh, So, hold on. So, who's your biggest competition going to the 40 plus nitros in Austria? Austria? I'm I'm vice retired. All right, but let's talk about. Uh, 
Who do you think you're going to have to beat? Yannick? Iowa. I have no idea. Yannick? Iowa. I don't. You are not Jerome Sartell? You, if you can't beat Jerome Sartell, you are definitely not beating Yannick Igon. You know, I think the fastest guy or Miguel uh, would probably be Jerome Igon. So if uh, if Jerome Igon raced, I think he would be the, the fastest guy, like top competition right there. You know who you wouldn't beat in 40 plus if he went? Who's that? Adam Drake. Adam Drake. Well, you it's in not, Europe, so. Yeah, not beating Adam Drake in 40 plus. Not a chance. Anyway, good luck, JQ. Good talking to hey, you. See you next. Wait, I'm, yes. I'm 35 plus world champion, dude. Scared, scared Adam off from the biggest club race in the world. Ooh, you know what? I, I forgot to talk to about something about that, too. Did Because you, uh, you're not on Facebook, so you missed all of that mess. What's that? So some guy, Chris Smith or something like that. He must have been real cool with Adam and Rondon. I don't know the full story, apparently, but he he I actually think he was the guy who was helping Joey build the indoor track at, at DNC. So this guy's been putting in all this work, he's cool with the Drakes and all that type of stuff. But then he started doing these RC builds and then he ripped this guy off. And the guy went public about it. And then like Rhonda and Adam had to like distance himself last week. This was all the chat uh last week in on Facebook. Like, so they had a picture of him and E-Clip and like uh, OJ Simpson's Ford Bronco and then a picture of like a picture ahead of Adam in the police car chasing him down. So this guy went from like really being good in RC and hanging out and doing well to like fucked, completely fucked in RC because, you know, he basically ripped off this guy. Crazy, right? It definitely happens in RC too much. Build your own stuff too. That helps out a lot. But yeah, he he must have been like supposed to have been ordering kits and all the stuff for the guy, and then the guy just blasted him. Like he had receipts, everything, and like being as I think even somehow like he's like I don't know the whole story, but basically Adam and Ronda had to like distance himself completely from this dude, and he he's now like like completely blacklisted in RC. Don't I'm gonna do distance myself from you now. I wish you would distance yourself from me. Okay. With that said. Lefty Bye-bye. and Rupert Pumpernickels, uh, vice champion. Thank you. Rupert Pumpernickels. We're out. We're going. Goodbye. Have a good day, everybody. Thank you for all the support. Vice champion.